Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel and our Hellraiser Retrospective Podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello. Hello, welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel. Every single Friday we take you through another installment in a classic horror franchise. Right now we're traipsing through the Hellraiser movies. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout every single one of the ten films, Katie Watson. C'est moi. Justin, Macaroni Maraconda. Bonjourno. You look <laughs> deflated, sir. What's up? How you doing? That took a lot out of me. <laughs> this one. We're going to be talking about Hellraiser 3, colon, Hell on Earth, released in 1992, directed by Anthony Hickox, written by Peter Atkins, with a story by Peter Atkins and Tony Randall, starring Kevin Bernhardt Not as Jake Monroe, Terry Farrell as Joanne Joey Summerskill. That's her name. What is her name again? Joanne Joey Summerskill. Wow. Only known as Joey throughout the entire film, I think. Uh, Ken Carpenter is Daniel Doc Fisher. Paula Marshall as Terry. Doug Bradley as Pinhead and Captain Elliot Spencer. And Ashley Lawrence returning as Kirsty Cotton. Composer Randy Miller budgeted at $5 million. <laughs> keeps on going up. Gross $12.5 million. Staying in the... It's actually the same amount of gross as the first film made for under a million. So. Yeah, it's like two twenty, like 2 point something percent. Five times worse return, though, if you look at Considering the first one's budget was a million, this one's five million, and they both made the same amount of money. Yeah. But still making, you know, okay money. I'm not sure what the VHS r- returns would have been, because that's where. Yeah, also Blockbuster. Exactly. We are f- truly in America town now, am I right? America town. <laughs> Only in America, spoilers for the rest of this film. Can you, would you imagine a version from watching, uh, definitely the first film, but even either of the first two films. Imagining Pinhead in a rave, basically, yeah, killing teenagers in a street with explosions and with Motorhead doing a theme song called Hellraiser as soon as the end credits. Hellraiser! That's really the only line in the whole song. That is pretty much it. It's That's like, all of it. Like if you look at the 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 lyrics of that song, it's just literally Hellraiser, just. Yeah. Hellraiser. It's like Hellraiser. when, uh, when Rob Zombie would do a song for yeah. Jeepers Creepers. And <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers It's literally the song he wrote. And Daredevil, he did one for. Daredevil. Daredevil. This is exactly what it is. What's my name? Daredevil. Daredevil. He's got dare in his eyes. Daredevil. I'm excited to talk about this <laughs> with both of you. You asked for a more confident pinhead, Katie, in the last I one. I did. I you got, got a more it. confident pinhead. He is confident. All right, but before we get there, let's quickly trip through some of the... Trips is the word, apparently. Let's we get like through it. some of the top 20 films 
of the year this movie came out was oh, it 1992 yeah. yay was 90s <laughs> did any of the films have as good a theme tune as that one I doubt uh yeah they do yeah for sure okay so we're starting off at number 20 with Boomerang I have no idea what this film is oh, that one's, uh, the one about you know the guy there's a boomerang got it all right Oh, keeps Num- coming back. Number Greenlit. 19 is A League of Their Own. Fantastic film. Oh, so good. Love that one. Uh, 18, Scent of a Woman. Hoo-wah. Oh, brilliant movie. Hoo-wah. 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 17, Far and Away. Oh, this was like the uh, first real Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, 16, Beethoven. Oh. Long time since Beethoven. I've seen that one. What's up with you guys? No, I think it was off the Charles play. I think one of the writers, was it Texas or Charles play? One of the writers of one of those horror films went on to write Invent Beethoven. I remember you guys telling me about this. Yeah. Now I don't remember which one it was about. Uh, 15 is Death Becomes Her. Yeah, that's all right. Bruce Willis and Peoples. 14, Under Siege. Oh. oh. This is when we're starting to move into the like... Action, action. Yeah, like full on tilt action ones I'm noticing. 13 is Unforgiven. Yeah, it's a good film. 12, Alien 3. Underappreciated. I like David Fincher's Alien 3, I have to say. Huh. I think like at least 50% of the movie is fantastic, and the other 50% is interesting. I think a lot of people hate it just because aliens people love so much, and then he went and killed them all off in the first opening scene. Aliens, you can't live forever. Can't, you really can't. 11 is Patriot Games. Was that the uh, Is that one of the Jack? Is that like, name? is that a movie that's about football and baseball no. and all things American. No, it's like a, it's like the beginning of like the espionage yeah. you know, every man agent on the street, like Harrison yeah. Ford playing like the- Ben Affleck then took over the role as what's his name? Accountant? Reindeer games? Yeah, that kind of shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I was making a joke, but it's fun. Like, <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. Sorry. No, no, you look too deadpan. 10, one of Al White's favorite films, Wayne's World. Excellent. Nine is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Gary Oldman, Keanu? Anthony Hopkins, no, Ryder, other people. It's really good. I like Dracula. It's actually, I would say, I really love the book Bram Stoker's Dracula mm-hmm. a lot. And I have to say, I think this is probably the most accurate book to film representation i've ever seen like it's almost exactly i just know gary oldman's in it and i threw keanu reeves in there as like a bonus <laughs> and we were like yeah i was like just kidding but okay what was like, it was it actually i think it was hellraiser 2 wasn't it someone was doing theater work oh i think it was kyle was doing theater work with gary oldman or someone was and oh, gary oldman from right. that said oh i want to do a horror movie so he went yeah, to the dracula and yeah, hellraiser yeah, yeah. 2 was the reason he went well, to no he dracula. wanted he there was one that he was going to get the job and he was actually jealous of yeah. Kyle's character that he got to be in Hellraiser. Exactly. Exactly. But he was like, and then he got this kind of B option to go and be in Dracula. Better choice. Eight, Sister Act. Whoopee. <laughs> oh, very nice. Ah, uh, well, well played. Go Get it? Anybody? Uh, seven is A Few Good Men. Oh, fantastic. Uh, First, few. Aaron Sorkin script. Yeah. A few good ones. Very, very good. And apparently, he's, he's rewriting it right now as a TV movie, which I don't understand. What is it? Aaron Sorkin. Uh, a few good men, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's doing a TV play for it? He's doing a TV, like, so it's, you know, I mean, it's one of the most classically quoted yeah. scripts ever. And he's and the same writer, Aaron Sorkin, is rewriting it for, t- for a TV movie version. Interesting. We'll see how it, how it goes. I don't know why you do that. Never doubt the Sorkin. Why not? No, I don't. He must have a reason. It's Aaron Sorkin. I feel like you're doubting him. 
It sounds like you're doubting him. I'm going to tweet at him. He's going to be very upset at you. I'm going to make a phone call. Mr. Sorkin. Number six is Batman Returns. I really didn't like this at the time as a kid. I appreciate it more now, but it was really ugly. I didn't like the penguin in it. I like all the Batman films. Catwoman was pretty great. I I just like them all. Wait, which one is this? Batman Returns. Oh, he returns. That one's a good one. He leaves, then he comes back. Yeah. You're just like, he's back. Yeah. Number five, Lethal Weapon 3. Yes. Same black, still going. I, I just like Lethal Weapons. Yeah, Number four, films. The Fear of All Men, Basic Instinct. Wow. Oh, man. Uh. Uh, number three, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. My friend just uh, arguably better than this one. Skydiving the other day with Macaulay Culkin. Really? Yeah. That is a random sentence yeah. you just uh, indoor, said, sir. Indoor skydiving. It's hilarious. Indoor skydiving with in Macaulay Vegas, Culkin. He was just supposed to one skydiving. With Macaulay Culkin. That's there you great. go. Number two, The Bodyguard. Whitney. Oh, Peter too. Wow, yeah. You oh, forget how yeah. big that movie was. That was funny. a huge movie. You forget about that. At the front door, Justin just showed us a photo of his friend doing gang science with Macaulay Culkin. Uh, and number one, the very first film I ever saw in cinema, Aladdin. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Numero that was your uno. first film in cinema? First one. Aladdin Do you remember your first film in cinema? I want to say it was Beauty and the Beast. Oh, nice. Yeah. You both That's Disney animated. Yeah. Well, I, I think grew it was up, you know, I grew up really conservative. Or yeah. did they put So Brave I was actually toaster. really like scared the whole time that I was watching the film because it had magic in it. And I was like, my mom is going to be so pissed when and she finds out that this has magic in it. Yeah. And but yeah. I think it was because the genie was so funny and my little brother loved to impersonate it. Like we would quote it all the time that my mom kind of like let all of the, mm, all, the all this stuff be, like slide and the fact that what's her face jasmine was so immodestly dressed mm. that was my other thing i was like my mom's gonna be full man my mom's gonna she's have got like a tube top on i can see belly button <laughs> she's got, but that boy doesn't have nipples <laughs> right. she was fine he had nipples Whew, different yeah. story we've actually covered the first film i saw in cinemas on these podcasts it was return of the jedi nice return you listen to it Return of the Jedi. And I still wasn't just like the podcast. Yeah. Head on over to weirdgeeks.com, weirdgeeks.com to listen to all of our shows, please. Justin, sir. Yeah. Can you tell us what horror films? I have a real cool question, though. Did oh. Brave Little Toaster play in cinemas? Yes. Of course. Because okay. yeah, yeah. I don't know if I saw that or, Bra- or Beauty and the Beast Brave first. Little Toaster is a cooler thing. That's- yeah. Well, cool. I want Beauty and the Beast is cool. Bang. No, Beauty and the Beast is way better. But Brave Little Toaster is a cool weird little film. that's like, like my name, favorite name drop now favorite film man your favorite film it was the first film i watched it or i know i just remember that before beauty and the beast and then i remember that the ac unit was the most terrifying thing to me in that movie i was so scared <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd, I'd have to kind of like put the volume really low so i wouldn't be as scared and then when that scene was it. over i turned it back up i understand that yeah all, all right, right. tell us some spookies 1992 alien 3 there you go. Go on the top. A horror film. Go on the top twenty. That's right. Brian dead. It's oh, well done. Yes. Peter what? Jackson movie. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> this is what the TV show was based on, but not many people seen it. It had Luke Perry in it from the original nine hundred two one zero. Well, yeah. It was right. Actually, I actually preferred it to the TV show, but I'm in the minority on that. I remember seeing this movie as a kid as well. So I'm like, man, I watched a lot of spooky movies when I was like five or four or something. Candyman. Oh, you Holy saw Candyman. Crap. I saw Candyman, and remember, it was so spooky. 
and then it terrified me to go in the bathroom mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. like up to probably probably when i was nine that way you were always peeing on the kitchen floor yeah but my brother's friend we watched it again at my brother's friend or he was kind of like a cousin whatever family friend and he was the same age as my brother which he's five years older than me so i'm like five my brother thumb are ten He's like, I dare you to say Candyman in the bathroom. And we're like, don't do it, man. Don't no. do it. And he went in the bathroom and closed the door. And then he came out and was like, nothing. And we're like, you didn't do it. There's no <laughs> way. And then I went in and I was like, uh, Candyman, no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> to this day, I still haven't done it. Well, there's a little tie there because do you know who Candyman was created by? Who? Clive Barker. Oh. A lot of the reason he wasn't here to do Hellraiser 3 was because he was off uh, doing his own stuff. He was shooting Nightbreed himself, which he'd just done. And then he did, uh, yeah. Candyman. Uh, Candyman. I like Candyman. Mm-hmm. Not enough for you to see him in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. You gotta really like someone to see him really in the bathroom. Uh, I don't want to see him in the bathroom. <laughs> Especially if it's like an individual bathroom. It's yeah. kind of a. Get your own stool. Candyman. Yeah. Not enough space here with you and your bees. <laughs> Ram Stoker's Dracula. Dr. Acula. Uh, next one is House IV or House 4. <laughs> This is, yeah, continuing our house trend. Remember we talked about the second story and during Hellraiser the one house, the second house to the second story. Remember oh, you guys chuckled at it? Yeah. Yeah. Mind. yeah, yeah. I briefly remember it. Anyways, There's too minor. many bad puns the that happened between man. Me and now. <laughs> what? The lawnmower man. What? The lawnmower man. You never heard oh, of lawnmower man? No. Are you kidding me? Oh my no. gosh. Based on a Stephen King book. He is the Definitely sharpest like it. Is of a, men. It's a big, big, you know this movie, don't you? I've never seen it. Yeah, but you've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah, it was a big movie at the time. Lomo Man was like, because digital effects were just starting, as we could tell from Hellraiser 3. Yes. And people were really all over it. And the Lomo Man was about this not very bright Lomo guy who then gets brought into this scientific sort of experiment to do with cyberspace and stuff. And then gets sort of drunk on the power of a god he can have in this space. And the effects are terrible at the time. <laughs> now they are. So gobsmackingly bad, a lot of people love this film as a cult film uh, because it's terrible. Uh, but it mm. is famously one of the worst films ever made. But it was huge. Made loads of money. Mm. Your film. Not my money. It was on the edge don't of innovation. I say it made loads of money. I don't know. That. It has a big presence, though. It was everywhere. I don't know if it, it actually made it. It was chopping it up at the box office. All right, what else? Stop Just- it. <laughs> Mania Cop 3. Colin, badge Campbell. of silence. <laughs> badge of silence is pretty good. Wow. Continuing. Ah. Yeah, I've never seen any past number one. No. Prom night or colon, deliver us from evil. Is this supposed to be from? Probably from evil. From I like from From <laughs> evil. Yeah. Prom night one, we talked about quite a lot. That's like a seminal slash film to a lot of people starring Jamie Lee Curtis in the time when she did Halloween, Prom Night, Almost and good. Terror Train. Yeah, I don't like it that much. You I like Terror right. Train better. Yeah, Terror Train was a bit better. Was it a spooky ride? Well, the spooky ride. It was. Uh-huh. Pretty spooky. Anything else? Yep. Tetsuo 2, colon, Body Hammer. <laughs> this is Japanese. Body Hammer. Uh, yeah, my oh, I forgot the name of the that director. That was number one? No, no, no. These are, they're not in order. They're just... Oh, yours aren't in order. Just horror films that came out. Yeah, like, I was tets- like, how did that get over? But you see, like, from the last film, Hellraiser 2 came out in 1988. This one's coming out in 1992. We've had four years break. We are done with the slasher genre, you may have noticed. Like, uh, what well, you had their uh, Prom Night 4, but, I mean, these are small films going straight to DVD or VHSs. Uh, still VHS. Yeah, still VHS. When was DVD? Like, 94? 
Yeah, 95, 96. I think. Well, maybe a bit later. I maybe. think 96 is when it starts, too. Yeah. People weren't uh, that rich then, so it'd still be VHS up to. Everyone's in 8K now. Yep. Yeah, like, really, in a weird. That's a weird space. There's some sequels, but not to good films. There's not much, like. There's not much really happening with the horror, despite a couple being in the. Uh, oh, it's horrible. Charts. Not a great time. It's horrible. Stuck. We're stuck in between the slashes. Just slashed slashes it away. And that's where Hellraiser 3 falls so in. deep. So what happened last time? We were with UK production company New World Pictures. Guess what? They disappeared. They went away. And in a somewhat slightly potentially dodgy movement, uh, former New World executive Larry Cuppin decided to pick up the rights to most of their franchises in Cuphead. the burning cells that they had. Which, I don't know how that works. I feel if you were involved with the company that's being dissolved or liquidated and then you're buying the assets from them cheap, that that's technically... Like yeah. insider trading. Yeah, that that's super sketchy. Yeah, uh, but you know it's the '90s, so who's gonna really stop you right now? I guess so. That's how the Wolf of Wall Street happened. You know, that's true. It was, it was just the uh, yeah. Wild West. Yeah. Also, it was in the UK, so he's like, "I'm a US company, so technically, I'm not." Think, well, no, I think this was. Yeah, yeah, I think they're both US companies because the they were UK films before, but with US money. Mm. But yeah. So then they quickly formed Transatlantic Entertainment with the purposing, uh, purpose of producing sequels to several of New World Pictures films, including Hellraiser 3, Children of Corn 2, Angel 4, lots of other films on their slates which never got made. Then what happened? Universal Pictures were in negotiations with the producers to pick up the film and release it, and they were going to do that in 1992 Halloween time, but a deal could not be made, uh, so Dimension Films ended up buying it. Now, how do we get to where we get to with this film? So this is the first pre-American version of the film, as we said, and you can definitely tell. Oh, totally. <laughs> Straight Holy away from the crap. beginning. But what was going on? How did they get to this story? So there was actually a script written by Peter Atkins in 1982, immediately after Hellraiser 2. And it was about, I don't want to get like deep into it, but you can get the script out there. It's actually out, it's a full script, and it oh. was about some Satanists. And basically, they created a bordello in a small Midwest town. Um, in America, oh. uh, of whores, essentially, who then would start bleeding their victims into this kind of vat, and the vat was going to be used to rebuild Pinhead, to bring Pinhead back. Because no. the problem that they had was, as we said in the last one, they were making Hellraiser 2 before Hellraiser 1 was probably out. But they didn't know how big Pinhead was going to become. And after Hellraiser 2, Pinhead became huge, and they just, as we said in the last episode, they just killed him. And they just didn't really deal with that again. So they're left with this problem, oh shit, we didn't realize we were going to need Pinhead, we killed him in the last one, what are we going to do? So that was our original idea, was this kind of whorehouse in the Midwest, using people's blood to bring back Pinhead. That sounds great. Well, you can read the script, and in fact, so many people read the script, during it trying to be made. Kind of sounds like a From Dust Till Dawn Yeah, it yeah, definitely has a From Dust Till Dawn kind of feel to it. Which I think would be awesome. I feel like that's where Dust Till Dawn got its inspiration. Mm. For it's quite sure. possible that Quentin Tarantino read it. And, oh, yeah. he probably did. It, it leaked. And this was before internet time. And it got leaked. It got read by a lot of people. Doug Bradley was then being asked to sign it constantly at conventions. Mm. And he said to Peter Atkins and Doug. And so Clive Barker, like, I'm being asked to sign this more than anything else. But wow. they said, well, we can't make that film anymore then. Because it's, yeah, it's, it's all over. It's there. So they reshaped it. Clive Barker had another idea. They should have just made it anyways, because why not? Cool. Yeah, it sounds better than some of the films we're going to be watching, <laughs> yeah. I promise you that. Clive Barker yeah, had, a, had another idea, I think before that idea even, which he only came up with a rough concept. So we talked about before he was being used by Universal to reshape their Mummy remake, which then ended up being the Brendan Fraser one, which I don't think Clive Barker actually had anything to do mm. with. But he was it. involved in some of these early stages of looking at what to do with the Mummy film. 
so he was really into mummy stuff, as we saw with the bandages of, of Julia in part two. So he had the idea to do a film without Pinhead at all, and it was going to be set in ancient Egypt. Me likey. And it was going to be Not about likey. the creation of the, fir- of the Great Pyramid in ancient Egypt. Okay. Which was the world's first lemon configuration box. And the pyramid was the box itself. And it was created to raise the great pharaoh who was the world's first Cenobite. And that was, yeah, basically mm. his idea. It didn't okay. get very far. Yeah. Kinky yeah. Really far. So he was going to assassin Creed origin his story. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Okay. So eventually they came up with this script, which is Peter Atkins and Tony Randall, the director from the last film. Tony Rambo? Or Tony Randall. Rainbow, I think uh, you'll Tame find Tony it's Rainbow. pronounced. They came in with this one, and Tony was going to direct again, uh, but he didn't get along with the American producers and the direction that they were heading. Was he a British guy? No, I don't think Tony is British. I think he's American, actually, isn't he? Because yeah. he was sent off be- over before. Uh, but they, in turn didn't get along with him either. They thought his vision was too bleak and he thought their vision was not bleak enough. So Anthony Hickox came in to replace him. I would talk about him as a director. He hasn't done much. I think he did Waxwork 2 for them or something. He hasn't done much since. I mean, nothing of note anyway. Barker wasn't happy though about Anthony Hickox because Hickox was known for doing more sort of horror with comedy elements in them. Mm. So Barker actually had a meeting with him and stressed to him, I want you to take this material seriously. I don't think your previous work is correct for this. But Hickox was a big fan of the series and agreed and said, yeah, I won't put any comedy in this. Don't worry. I'm going to take this all very seriously. For this film? <laughs> For this film. Oh, boy. Another director who was asked to direct this one, whose name pops up in many of our horror uh, retrospectives, was Peter Jackson. PJ. Who, after his Australian couple of horror films, America really wanted him and all the franchises were trying to snap him up. And he said no to all of them. He ended up doing, I think, Heavenly Creatures was his first film. Oh. Good job, PJ. Like, Good job. So yeah, that's how we got to where we are. Hickox was given six weeks to shoot the movie. Doug wow. Bradley said that he, in order to do that, he shot incredibly long hours. And Doug himself said there was one day in particular where he worked for 17 hours straight. And because they were shooting so many scenes daily, it meant that they didn't have time to perfect anything. So Hickox's preference for in-camera editing sped up the production, but it really limited the actors. Um, so it was pretty much, you get a take and that's about it. Damn. Damn. This is also the first series. Oh, I'll tell you uh, who wouldn't have made that. What was the guy's name in the last one? Kyle. Kyle. Uh, you know, it's a horror movie. I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> Would have really sucked for him. Yeah, this is the first film in the series to refer to Priest as Pinhead in the movie itself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can definitely feel a celebration of Pinhead here as these new producers yeah. decided to celebrate the things that people were well, reacting. He's the only original set of bite that they bring back. At yeah. all in this one. Yeah. Yeah. We should also say that you might notice in the opening of the film, it says Clive Barker presents. So they, mm-hmm. Clive Barker wasn't happy with really where any of this was heading at all and said he didn't want his name to be on the film. Uh, so they said to him, well, what will it take for your name to be on the film? And he basically asked to do some reshoots on it. So he actually shot some bits of this himself. He's not really listed on anything. He, uh, he, they ended up, I think they originally had something like three million and he asked for another two to three million essentially to shoot more content that he wanted to. So he did actually get involved in this and ended up trying to sort of rescue it to where he wanted to. And then it was allowed to have the Clive Barker presents at the beginning of the film. Do we know what he reshot? Don't know. Because it feels scenes. like maybe the second half of it was 
more of him. Oh, uh, really? You think I don't so? know. All right. We'll get that. I, don't know. I mean, there's two different styles. I don't remember whose style is what anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's I just like, know. everything's America right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little America. <laughs> or maybe he shot that middle section. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, like, I, only, I found that out before the last time I watched this movie, and I couldn't tell. Normally, I find with that stuff, you're like, oh, okay, this is clearly the bit. No, that director did, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, plus, he's not, I'll be honest, Clive Barker's not a great director. So while he is the originator of this idea, I don't mm. really know if he's the right, you know, person, even for the story with some of the stuff he's throwing around. Yeah. I feel it's one of the things where different people needed to handle it. It just feels like there was two different directors because the, the movie's just like, oh, okay, you, you're not having this consistency with yourself. It is. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get to it, shall we? Has consistency <laughs> really been an accolade of these films up to this point, yeah, though? Yeah, you know, you're mm, doing the can stuff. You, can you name one instance? <laughs> so just to be clear, sorry, we, I th- we think we've forgotten on a couple of these, but we also like to say which films we've seen and what history is. Neither of you have seen this one before. You might no. have, Justin. I've seen, I think, maybe the n- next one when I was very little. So okay. I've seen, like, I think you'd remember if you'd seen the next one, but we're... <laughs> is there a house party in the next one? No. Is there one that has a okay? Then I saw there is this one that one. has a house party. Well, I seen this one because I remember away. with the CD dude, and then I think I might have seen another one. I don't know, man. Okay, I've watched a lot of really spooky things when I was a kid because my mom watched them. <laughs> Your and mom we was lived, a blockbuster gold member. It yeah. Like. Oh, totally. And we lived in a forest where it's already dark and terrifying so yeah like, enjoy nice. that combination well you're not in new york so you're fine yeah but i live in a forest they could just film. they could be on a tropical vacation yeah i'd like a hellraiser film set in a forest you're like blair witch but with the lament oh yeah oh gosh found footage one. i watched this again the very first night that i saw hellraiser and hellraiser 2 i saw hellraiser 3 on vhs all grimy shit and the griminess of VHS, I have to say, when you're not seeing things widescreen, you're not seeing them clean like we get to see now from the original prints, it does make these films much nastier. And I wasn't a fan of that stuff. Coming off the back of the second one, my memories of the third one were, well, I loved Pinhead in it, I think, because he was becoming the icon at that point, you know? Uh, lots and lots and lots of one-liners, and I thought a lot of his dialogue, I was, I was obsessed with a lot of his dialogue, you know? He didn't have memes. He didn't have the internet. Yeah. You'd have to rewind the VHS and watch the scene again and again and again. Remember it. And as we do, and then you'd take VHSs and you record them onto like audio cassette tapes and you'd like get the soundtracks off of the films themselves with the dialogue in it. And stuff oh like my God. So I was really into Pinhead in this, but I remembered hating the Cenobites in this a lot. Like the Cenobites for me were these stupid, tacky, gross, like just ugly creations. That's what they were. That's my memory of this film i've seen this one only probably two maybe three times since then oh and that's like you know over 20 years uh because i didn't uh, have that's ancient recollections of it ancient. but it is in my head it's always retained that thing you know there's explosions there's city streets it's retained in my head of like this is the blockbuster but most importantly that amazing uh title song yes that's what forever <laughs> stuck with you and you're like man it's a rocking movie <laughs> we should also clarify there is an unrated cut of this you can now watch on the Blu-rays and stuff. Um, it's not restored footage, though. We chose not to do that here. We're watching the theatrical cut, and that's what we're talking about. All it really adds in is a few more seconds of sex in the sex scene, a little bit more oh, man. blood here and there. Oh, man. I would I, I'll happily watch <laughs> yeah. that version, but I don't like I'm watching fine. it when you jump back and forward in quality. You know? Yeah. I like it to look how it should look. 
So yeah, we got the Dimension logo at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Exciting for me, because Dimension means scream to me, which <laughs> wasn't out at this point. Yeah. But that's what it signifies, is like 90s slasher films, and that gets me. Spooky time. We also have the music. So this is a different composer here. We've got Randy Miller, but he's, they definitely own the theme, uh, because it's the same themes, isn't it? Pretty much all yeah. the way through. Which I was really happy about. Yeah. Destin looks confused. No, no, I just looked at what was in the next thing. And, it's, and you know, you said scream. And then I was thinking about it. And I remember my mom took me to the theater to see it because she wanted to see it. And I remember going to theaters now to scream? and watching scary movies in the theater and be like, why am I here? You get all these flashbacks. So we yeah, just dude. tapping into it. Seriously. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of spooky movies. It was kind of weird. But she also watched a lot of good movies, too. Fun movies. Like, we would rent Cool Runnings a lot because I wanted to see it more <laughs> nice. than once. Hellraiser 3 and Cool and Runnings. That's a double bill. I gotta, I gotta add this in here real quick and I know it has nothing to do with it. We once tried to rent this Jean-Claude Van Damme movie that just came out on VHS at Blockbuster and I remember it distinctively. And I was like, I really want to watch Cool Runnings. We went home. Guess what was actually in that cassette box? No. no. Cool Runnings. No. It was so Stoked. That's amazing. And my mom was like, nope. And immediately we drove back. I was like, what, what if we just watch it? And Aww. then we go back. That's amazing. Yeah. It was, wow. It was, um, yeah, it was the best thing ever. Because I think it was like by each other. Yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. like blood sport and cool runnings. And, <laughs> and I guess somebody like swapped the. Right. They must have had a kid who loved cool runnings and rented blood sport. And Can you imagine swatched. the person who took home cool runnings and yeah. got blood sport. Yeah. <laughs> Or somebody rented like, both and I then they went to cool, take them I guess back. Cool Runnings is about a blood spoil. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right, so Clive Barker presents, and then we get a much more tacky American logo, I feel. Hellraiser, Hell on Earth, it turns yeah, into it flames. So, okay, the music was still cool, epical. 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 Uh, it, but, and, you know, it was also a little 90s, but yeah, the, I wrote down title effects. Meh. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, you got the like flame and yeah. then the angel. It's like yeah. heaven and hell. Yeah, and then it's a really long title sequence. So they go through yeah. everybody in the film. Yeah. <laughs> like I could definitely do without this. Yeah. Go back to your first two. Your first, Especially when that opening uh, sequence is so boring of just yeah. watching the guy walk into the building. So you're like, why aren't there names on top of this? Why yeah. did we yeah. have blank screen for the names? Yeah, so dumb. Uh, but we start on a car, our card and screeching down the New York alleyway. <laughs> Feels very similar actually to the opening shot of Child's Play 1, which is great. <laughs> mm. And then we got red cowboy shoes stepping out. So flashy. And we're introduced. Don't even understand what the hell's going on. Mm. I was completely lost when Star's like, did I miss something right now? When she's the JP Monroe. He's in a big leather jacket, preposterous kind of 50s. You don't even know his name to like midway through the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, people call him like JP. Like JP, JP. I didn't even catch that. I was like, who the hell is this guy? He looks like Grease. Yeah. Like, he's a real Grease. Threw up a cowboy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His style was all over the place. He had like, I have a sports car, but I have these Texan red cowboy shoes that have yeah. metal plating on it. <laughs> My Blade Runner black coat. With and your crybaby hairdo, yeah, yeah. and then you just some weird under floral shirt with a bandana yeah. or something. I'm like, what the heck are you? He's all over the place. He is a nice rings. I'm like, are you punk? Are you? Yeah, he is pretty much just 90s. He's very yeah. 90s. 90s. It's yeah, just super just 90s. Watch it all together. Um, yeah, and he's lighting up a cigarette, and like every shot you see him in, oh, basically, he cannot hold a cigarette he, in his he mouth. Yeah, he doesn't it even know how to smoke. Like, <laughs> so holds on his lip, and it's like always falling. He was holding a cigarette like very weirdly. I wrote down. Bad boy. Wait, 
doesn't know how to hold a cigarette <laughs> and this it looked like a studio set like when he walks i'm like you're on a studio lot right oh, now yeah. shooting oh, for sure yeah. studio lot. And i was like this is me so he's come to at nighttime because that's when you go shopping for mm-hmm. art yeah. uh, when everything looks closed he's come to the pyramid gallery i guess this makes more sense to you guys now this was a nod to the original concept from clive barker to do mm-hmm. with the pyramids yeah it's an art gallery and he finds the pillar of souls that was left at the end of hellraiser 2 yeah. however Looking very different here. And I'm going to give this film one accolade straight off the bat. This Pillar of Souls looks very cool. It yeah, it was cool. super cool. You look at the... I mean, they, get, they do a flashback in this film to the original Pillar of Souls later from the ending of part two. You know, like, why didn't you just refilm it with yours? Because it looks so shit yeah. in yeah. the second one. Yeah. And here it looks cool. It looks like a proper sculpture. All of the people, like, screaming in it. Yeah. Pinhead like looks, souls trapped in there. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. really... Oh, but he doesn't immediately go to the Pillar of Souls, which no, I respected. No, he actually walks by and it's in the background. And it's just it's like, nice. I'm not that interested. And he's like, something's calling. To and me. then the derelict turns up only now played in what can I, this is basically the American revamp of the derelict. He looks buff. Yeah. He looks like he's, he goes running. Like Bob he's, Seger or something. I was just he's like, wow, just this like, homeless man did good for himself. He went to an art yeah. gallery. Yep. He's like, you know what? I don't need to eat crickets anymore. I'm just I, I quit drugs. I went to rehab. Days clean of yeah. crickets. Yeah, yeah. So what I understand, because we're going to find out later on that this place is a real gallery. It's not like it's in people's imagination, but it's been closed down for a month while the the owner is on holiday in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Yeah. And but we learn that Terry saw this in there. We learn that later on that she breaks into a lot of places. So I guess mm-hmm. she just broke in there sometime. Saw the pillar there. So the derelict has to like known that she was coming or something or was he just giving it to anybody just looking for the right soul just like placed it in there while he was away in hawaii derelict like moves in the pillar of souls because they give this pillar back history it's not like it appears out of nowhere yeah it was bought by this art gallery but they then find yeah but they find that the art gallery bought it I for think, cheap oh so you think the art gallery actually the had it asylum but it, oh i see i see i see so the art gallery did legitimately buy it but then the derelict sold it I think the owner's probably dead. And they just said, like, oh, he's off to Hawaii. Yeah. And it's just, he was waiting. Anyway, we're jumping ahead. But he did legitimately (laughs) buy this piece. Yeah, Yeah. because they find the paperwork for it. Okay. Well, the derelict, yeah, basically, yeah, the PJ? What's his name? JP. JP. JP Morrow. JP. Asked the derelict if it's his, and he says, no, it's not mine, it's yours. Yeah, uh, which is not weird at all. <laughs> I go, hmm. He's not a very good sales salesman. <laughs> I mind, it's yours. It's and he's like, how much do you want for it? Whatever you think it's worth. It's like, ideal. And then he like puts a, a wad of money in his hand and he's like, that is the appropriate amount. He's like, that's the exact amount I was thinking. Oh, whatever. Right. And you get a sound as they like shake hands as if a deal with the devil has been made uh-huh. or something weird like that. Yeah. Also, I would have undermined him. I would have been like, okay, 100 bucks. Here's a, here's a burger. <laughs> here's my shoe. Here's my cigarette. <laughs> worth a hug i feel uh, like this is the first moment for me like many moments in this film where it's these new and i'm gonna keep blaming americans i don't mean to it was american money with the first two films and americans make many great horror oh, films right. the first two were just impeccable no but these this is like everything in this movie doesn't seem to understand anything else that's going on in this movie if you know or in the other movies like this like shake of the hand and stuff and this sort of sound that makes you feel like oh a deal just took place like no that's not how any of the works like it's not it's not you're not making a deal with the devil with this stuff like it's, no yeah it's 
they're just trying to add their own like flair and they're like okay we're gonna add now these new elements because we have the rights to this movie yeah. so but i don't think they understand the implications of most of the elements that yeah i don't think they care really i think they just want to make money because yeah. they're like oh cost they're just like this would be cool make a bunch of money now yeah i thought most of the decisions in this again for better or worse some work i think yeah. some don't but like they're like that the producer's going this would be cool basically and the director being this would be cool whether it actually works in the context of the law yeah. is a different Definitely, yeah. speaking of that why is jesus in this pillar of souls jesus in the pillar there's a crucified jesus hanging yeah. from a cross in on one of the edges of this pillar of souls i didn't see that which Ooh. indicates that jesus is in hell <laughs> and that he's been taken he's been opened this box and been taken by a cenobite I did not. <laughs> or see maybe there on one side. Or maybe it's Hang the on. Jesus priest that. dude that was in the asylum. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Because there's so many references later on to Catholicism. Oh, there's a lot. That it's like, why? But how do they get away with putting just like anyone who's died or been tortured on this thing? I don't know. Because that doesn't know. make any sense. I, I should have. Yeah, I didn't know about it. We'll look it up for another episode, but I can't find anything. I don't know. Um, interesting. You know I want- Jesus had a lot of friends. Maybe he's like, yeah, I'll pure on your art piece. Whatever, man. I'll help you out. Get you popular. <laughs> they put me on everything else. Why not? Yeah, maybe they just were like, no, let's put Jesus on, Jesus on it. He's on a car <laughs> air freshener. Like, no, Might gonna- as well put him yeah. on our pillar of souls. Well, he's going to be upset, man. No, 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 no. It's cool, cool, cool. It's like, you know, pillar of salt, pillar of souls. It's play on things. Jesus forgives. Let's It'll be, be fine. Oh, we'll just ask for his forgiveness later. It'll be cool. I mean, we're in hell already, so why not? Yeah. I really wanted um, with this derelict Kurt Russell to play him. Ooh, just what I wanted. See, that would be a good cameo. That would have increased oh. the sale. So then we meet our final girl, news reporter Joey, and I've just got written down immediately. She's terrible. What? <laughs> That's the very first thing I've written down. You like her? She's hot. Oh, she's so bad though. Immediately, oh, I didn't say she's a good actress. She's hot. That's what I'm saying. She's terrible. My cameraman is Doc, who looks like Hulk Hogan. Why is he yeah. a Doc? Why is he called Doc? Like, name it. Documentarian, I guess. Yeah. Documentarian! And someone rings him out a hostage situation, and I love how he always picks up the phone. He's like, speak. <laughs> That's all he says. Well, I've noticed that as a theme in a lot of this uh, in total. Anytime that there's a, a voicemail or an answering machine, that's what the person says. Oh, really? Is it like, this is so-and-so, speak. And right. then it's like, beep. I feel it's like very, everybody's is like that. I feel like I do remember being quite an 80s, 90s thing. I was like, yeah. oh, you were cool if you just picked up and said, speak. Yeah. Like, it was like, yeah, I'm in control of my yeah. life and this like, conversation. I don't care. Leave a message. Don't leave a message. And it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to speak. I rang you. Yeah. <laughs> I already opted into this communication thing. That's where you just start pressing the buttons. You go beep, 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 beep. No, not Morse code, dick. So yeah, they're in a new, they're in a hospital giving like a fluff piece that Joey's all frustrated about. We very quickly learned that Joey's frustrated that she always gets fluff pieces and doesn't get to go on any of the proper things. She's just a fluffer. Probably because she's a girl, I think is the... Well, they sent her to the emergency room and there's no one there. Yeah. I don't know. Seemed weird. Like weird. they were like, just hang out at the emergency room. Something's bound to happen. Yeah, it's basically was... a contrivance because then they all rush off and she's yeah. left there on her own. And there's a nurse in the background getting out implements and stroking them sexually. Weird. Like weird implements too. Like yeah. one is uh, like a back scratcher. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the fork things with like the bent yeah. tines on the end. But why, why is she stroking? Like it's not like she's like near the boxer. It's weird. Even what's her face? Yeah, there's too many girls in there. Terry. No. Terry. What's her 
the main girl joey joey yeah. joey's even looking at her weird like yeah like, why what are you doing? we just said there's no one in here to fix and then you like start pulling out all these instruments and she's the nurse is like we're wearing a weird wig yeah pink like, wig it's just so there's gonna be pinhead who pulls it off I know. Yeah. <laughs> nothing <laughs> happens with that nurse yeah, either it's really what I mean. these are the moments in this film which i feel it's just it's stupid american horror logic yeah of, yeah. oh this is spooky let's do this it's like yeah but what's the logic oh, it doesn't matter it's we want spooky. to see blade yeah get it to stroke him sexually that looks cool all right move on Nope. There's no logic behind it. I didn't it. really get this sexually. I just thought, I just saw like she the like, fondness. Yeah, but she's like strong. She loved it. She's oh, into no. weird stuff. Or she's just like, look how polished these are. I spent <laughs> all day cleaning the blood. Look at these fingers on it. Then. Well, she's just, Probably it's her preciouses. Her preciouses. <laughs> she's like, these are stainless steel. Look how shiny. The Maybe she was gonna... trying to sell them to <laughs> yeah. well, Joey. Like, she's like, look, aren't or they she's beautiful? Just like, look, she's just, like Vanna Whiting it. She's like, there's a great story right here. <laughs> the only explanation for it can be potentially that, yeah, like that, because we now have basically a portable version of what's going on with someone so someone has opened the box mm-hmm. with terry so like because so joey goes to leave the hospital all the lights are starting to go off and i'm like well why are all the lights going off so i guess like there's a thing of a parameter around stuff to do with the lemon configuration sure it's creating weird stuff happening around it yeah yeah and then suddenly a man's brought in on a stretcher he's got chains dragging behind him his girlfriend, who we learn later, is Terry, is panicking, and she just walks off smoking suddenly. <laughs> she's like, no, no, oh, fuck it. Well, she's saying that she, it's not her, her, his girlfriend, because she's just saying she just saw him. Yeah, she's I like, don't know. I got she's impression. acting like she doesn't really know who he is. Yeah, I, I, I got the impression that was a lie, and she was definitely Terry never lies. Guy. She's like the best actress. You can't tell. Yeah. So she was also smoking. Joey's then asking her for the story. And I love this thing where she says, like, oh, we were hanging out at the boiler room. And she's like, the boiler room? The boiler what room? Is what is the boiler room? Where is, Where is the boiler room? <laughs> Just, oh. Also, I instantly, when they said boiler room, I was thinking, Freddy Krueger, boiler room. <laughs> oh. I was thinking the Vin Diesel movie with him. Yeah. Because what's, what's, what's his name dies in, the, in a boiler room, right? Yeah, yeah, Freddy yeah. Krueger does yeah, die yeah, in a boiler so room. So I was like, are they yeah. trying yeah, to do a little? Yeah, it probably wasn't not to Freddy yeah. Krueger, to be honest. But then, yeah, we get to see in the operation, well, op- opera room, I guess. Well, I thought it was cool. Like, the Gertie comes in and there's, like, bloody chains dragging behind it. Yeah, it was a cool yeah. visual. And then she gets hit, wrapped Lasser, on the angle yeah. by yeah, one. she gets hit on the ankle by one. I don't know what the point in that is. I don't know. Yeah. Also, what the heck, man? They would have taken those chains off. It was in a hospital. Or they would but have, like, put like, it They were properly. trying to. I mean, they would have put point. the chains on, not, like, dragging. Oh, yeah. They were, like, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a really shitty hospital! Your lights are going out. You're losing electricity. There's no one in there. I don't it's like think the maintenance are... room of the Chenard Institute or yeah. something. I was like, who? What facility is this? I hope I don't get rushed to that hospital. <laughs> They're clearly not trained well enough. When we get the scene though, where we see the chain something pull up in the air as if they're being pulled by different invisible forces, and yeah. the electricity is going through the guy. It's electrifying, screaming, and then his head explodes. Yep. And then we get a shot of a flat line just to let us know he's dead. Head explodes. <laughs> Thank you. He's not going to make also, it. <laughs> there was no blood in his head. He was like chalk. He was pretty dry. Yeah. I was like, man, he died because he was dehydrated. Yeah. That's you what need to, we've Don't party so hard. You need to drink yeah. water. He was, you know, just yeah. dehydrated. Didn't <laughs> use enough lotion. Well, look at it. I mean, this is an opening, you know, acting chops aside with anybody. Like, this is. 
very different immediately. Like this yeah. is, you know, and again, it depends on what I said to you after the previous one, Katie was like, depends what you can shrug off with the book. Like if you're looking for anything remotely similar to the book, yeah. we're along, we're in a different universe now from yeah. the book. We're in horror territory where just big, bold things happen uh, for, you know, very little reason most of the time. Right. And you can either have fun with that or you can not have fun with that. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, yeah, it takes, I'm finding it easier to digest this one the, the more I watch it and the more I know how little hope there is to get back to the book necessarily in a satisfying way the further we go through this franchise. Because also one thing about this movie is like it costs, you know, more than the second one. But they use, like, they do a lot with the money. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of production value here. For yeah. Sure. They use the money in really smart ways, I thought, so far. Very, you know, but it's very commercial-driven horror. So it's way less interesting. And you, like, you look at this and then you look at the opening from the first film. And you're just like, <sighs> such a different world. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, but the first one, even though you, you get the, like, grabber, literally, in the first like five minutes yeah and this one's very similar like you see chains you see like it demolition is, yeah but it's just like the mtv version of it yeah, yeah. It's just obviously so the top is yeah was this in theaters yeah, yeah oh yeah absolutely okay absolutely this was a, a big release yeah and i just can't get over joey like just immediately to me she just i know some people have a problem with kirsty and the other ones joey i think is so astronomically worse i think she's oh uh, i think they're about on the same level oh you're kidding yeah. me no nah, i think nah. they're about the same yeah, joey's so. fucking terrible in this movie like every line is just just oh she can't they even are get the through them same as kirsty's bad line yeah. there's absolute no no yeah. way i mean at least she had more of like one kind of thing. She's like, I'm going to get to the bottom of what's going on here. I'm a reporter. I know her character has way as much. Like, I think the writing of the script is worse. Yeah. The character is much better. Like, the character yeah. has, well, the first one, Kirsty had some reason in the first one, but the second one, Kirsty had nothing. Yeah. This one, the character has all the things that you would expect. Like, this is like a goodbye to numbers, simple plot to put yeah. together. Fuck me. Between the lines she has to say and then the way she said, like, I don't, there's not one line in this movie that I don't want to laugh. Like, not one line. Everything she says That's to me true. is hilarious. Very funny. Uh, but it's bearable. More bearable than what's her name. It's just like, oh, stay here. I'm going to go inside. If I don't come back in a couple of seconds, then just run back. I completely, I completely yeah. disagree. Like, this just seems to me like a pretty <laughs> model who's been wheeled in just to, like, say stuff. Oh, she's totally Whereas, a model. Yeah. Ashley actress. Lawrence was, like, not great, but I felt she was trying. Like, you really feel like she wants to be great, and you're kind of like, oh, you're not that great. Whereas this girl is just like, oh, she, you don't even care. Like, you don't even want to yeah, be there. I mean, like, you're just action, waiting for your lunch Action-wise, I think the, the daughter was a better actress, but I'm going to say for characters that I liked, definitely, like, Joey more than what's-her-name. Right. Yeah. I can understand it with the character. Yeah. Sometimes. But, but acting-wise, I agree with you. Every <laughs> sentence from her mouth, I'm just like, I was just like, wow, wow. you're really bad to... Daddy! Oh, yeah, she's doing the daddies as well. Daddy! Wait, wait, just like... Dandy, daddy. <laughs> and, but it's, yeah, it's the fault of a lot of stuff. It's the script and then just the editing for me around it is like, I don't know. Um, daddy? <laughs> yes. So then we get on a bus ride. We get stupid scares there. And she's like, we get a shot of them going through Times Square on a bus ride. Yeah, that was Which apparently cool. was a stolen shot. They just went out and grabbed it oh, on the sorry. street because they wanted some production. <laughs> wow. Meanwhile, Joe's editor is critiquing her technique because she doesn't show enough thigh. 
To which she says, I want to do this the right way. Tight stories, not tight skirts. As she's wearing a top that goes down to her belly button. And the tight, tight skirt yeah. that is like oh, all the way up her a tight skirt, yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. She's literally sitting there looking at him, sort of almost giving him an upskirt saying, yeah. I'm not going to wear tight skirts. You are. <laughs> yeah. But I don't want to wear like tight skirts, you know. I'm wearing a <laughs> tight skirt, but like tight skirt. Yeah. We get the Doc. I mean, because this is the only way we're really showing Doc and her's relationship in this film is any time she sees him, which isn't much. He's super, super, super nice to her. Yeah. He like, acts that's like the, the world is in peril every time he speaks. Yeah. Like, he's just like, I'm here for you. I know. Whatever you he's need. He's terrible as well. Oh, like, he's oh, so he was some, His fo- phone call that he had in the hospital. Oh. Oh. I'm like, dude, I clearly can tell you're not talking to anybody <laughs> on that phone. He's See, like, can I bring Joey? <laughs> So you're saying yeah. that, and I agree with you, but for me, the phone call she does later is, I've got written down as, I think, maybe the worst phone call I've ever seen. I know, he like was the, he was the worst. Because this is just monotone, like, ah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and the person who's on the phone has to speed through it, because he didn't give her give them any time for Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Fucking, I hate it when they do that. Yeah, I was just like, wow, dude, you really just didn't take your time. Like, hey, it's Hulk Hogan, listen. okay? He's thinking about his next match. Yeah. So, oh, I gotta get out of here. If you need anything... I'll get you for road tickets. <laughs> so, frustrated, so frustrated that Joe, that no one's taking Joey seriously, and no one, and she didn't have any proof because she's told him about what happened in the hospital. He decides how, to how head. Is, how did no one take? There's, I don't know, a whole staff. I know. You like, just go and interview the staff of people who saw this guy's head explode. Yeah, and the body's there. What the? F- I know. No proof. No proof. Nope. Nope. Sure. Guys, come with me to the hospital. We'll interview all those people. They'll show you the body because they still have it and no. all the change attached to them. We can't no. do it. You need to bring it to us. Bring no. the proof to no, us. No, no, That's not how journalism... No, it's literally a good job. Sweetie. You go and talk to people. No, no, no. Sweetie, sweetie. You, <laughs> you don't understand how journalism works. You bring us the news. Wear a tight we skirt. It. We'll go to the hospital. Lift yeah. your skirt up a little bit and then we'll listen to what you have to say. Just... Yeah. So, Joey heads to the boiler room. We get, like... The baby dolls back in a sculpture now. Oh yeah. We get oh. other weird sculptures and we get loads of people everywhere. There's like rock dance music going in one room. I mean there's thousands of <laughs> there's people. a lot of hair. It's a nineties metal band playing. Yeah. yeah, it's like that weird mesh. And she to begin shows with. up wearing like this weird prissy cream. Yeah. Or, or, it looks like your mother thing. in disguise yeah. to get into a cool kid's place. It was like, also bad. weird, like you know, like the Kimono oriental. Style. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is this? What are you wearing? Yeah, it was weird. Get out of here. Go Get home. out of here. <laughs> you're not going to the right, you're not dressed for the right place. Ah, boy. $10 cover to get in this place as well. Yeah, yeah. that's so expensive. Deep. For that, that, hey, JP's uh, got to get that, you know, art money. Jeez. Yeah. And she starts asking people about the girl that she met. So she goes up to <laughs> oh, Bob's park. <laughs> and she says, I'm looking for a pretty girl. And he just points and says, JP Monroe. <laughs> As if like JP Runro has all the pretty girls. Yeah. Knows where they are if he doesn't already have there's them. Thousands around her. I'm looking for a pretty girl. And then she goes over to a DJ. This is really so we're meeting. And I only got this on this watch, but this is so we're meeting the future centibytes that we're gonna get later. That's oh, the only yeah. reason we have this scene. Cause then she goes over to a DJ who's in a different room when it's just playing pure rock. Uh, who tells her who's DJing isn't the band in that room? Y- yeah. yeah. So he's he's not a DJ then. He's, well, he's a, like playing mixer. the background. He's a sound engineer or something. Yeah, he's like both because he's, he's putting different CDs in, which makes no sense. Like he's mixing it, but they're playing. On I stage. know. Are they just pretending? Did I get that wrong? I thought. I don't I know. know. It's, it's really a- weird. Anyway, he tells her to go to the restaurant. Uh, what? Up? He she 
goes, I'm looking for a girl. She's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, there's a whole bunch. Well, like, she's describe like, it. she has dark hair. She's really, really pretty. And he's like, I don't, what do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> like, look around. So he ends up sending it yet to JP Monroe yeah. as well. She might be JP Monroe's she's like girl, this, JP's she goes, girlfriend. She's like this she tall that. and she does it like below her shoulder. I was like, you're looking for a child. A, a child, small person. Small person. <laughs> What? A miniature version of me. <laughs> and the only reason why she thinks it might be J.P. Monroe's girlfriend is because the first girl, she just says, I'm looking for a pretty girl. And he just says, oh, J.P. Monroe. Like, oh, it must be his girlfriend. Yeah. A pretty girl. <laughs> it's like, looking for J- maybe J.P.'s girlfriend. She's a serious journalist. Okay, you guys. Yeah, she's not being very respectful. Her, she, her investigating skills are out of the, blown through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Off the charts. She's doing her best. So she gets to the restaurant part of the club and you can't hear the music from any of the other rooms. Which is amazing. There is a, they might hotel. be in a restaurant. <laughs> you go in there and it's like, what Quiet the fuck? and beautiful. How big is it though? Like, that place must be massive. It's, a, it's, a, it's an entire industrial district. It is. Yeah. It is. It's <laughs> half of Manhattan. Yeah, it's like he bought a concrete facility mixture plant and then just turned it into a club restaurant. <laughs> I, I want to go to it, though. Like, I'm yeah, I do. Like, As if, even what? now, like, that place looks great. The sign <laughs> yeah. is so cool. It's like the boiler room in metal, and it's always on it's fire. fire. Like, yeah. I would go. I like, that's a huge gambling place. Like, I just want to know if the menu is, like, themed. Yeah. Because I feel like it should be. Yeah. Everything should be flambe yes, there. Let's do a <laughs> let's do a pop-up. <laughs> the boiler room pop-up. I am pop so up. in. Yeah. He's there. The string quartet's playing. We see JP. He's just surrounded by hot board models. Um. <laughs> And then she's asked, like, if he owns the place, and he says, and everything in it, pointing to the girls around him. So then JP just gets their rose and sort of very lazily, he doesn't even offer it to her, he just kind of just goes, just sort of lets his hand lilt a little bit and points at her with the rose, which she immediately understands and turns it down. But then we see Terry, who's sitting at the next table, I think, what? Yeah. yeah. Who she doesn't notice. And she tells him she's looking for Terry, and he doesn't really answer or anything. So she just leaves. Bad investigating she, here. She, she doesn't really push him at all. She gives her cards to everyone. With just insulting him and walking away. Yeah, she told maybe JP Monroe will know, and then after he doesn't do anything, she he doesn't even say anything to her. Yeah. yeah, she's like, "Here's my card," and he's like, "Crunch." Yep. Okay. <laughs> so now we're in the dream of Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Uh, <sighs> Joey's in her white dress, standing there, all pristine, uh, clearly heroin style. Uh, there's babies laughing now. Laughing. Yeah, we get laughing, not crying for her. Interesting. And she's watching American soldiers are getting shot down. And then one in particular who is left still alive, but wounded as his chopper flies off and leaves behind. And he's like reaching out for it. And then she screams out, daddy, no, my daddy's still he's alive. alive. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then she wakes up to Terry ringing her. Yeah. And it turns out Terry needs somewhere to stay for the night. So she's happy to make a deal and tell her all about what happened at the hospital. And, and the best part is she goes, like, tonight? Yeah. I figured tonight. Uh, okay, sure. Come over anyways. I- I'm just having bad dreams. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, what are you with a guy or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that would be the end of the world. Yeah. And Terry's there hanging out. Um, how do you guys feel about Terry? Mm. Struggles all around. <laughs> yeah, it's just whatever. She reminded me of a character off of that sh- movie or that show Charmed. Like that's all I could think of whenever Charmed. she talked or opened her mouth or anything. I can see that. Yeah, she just looked like that style. So she's a weird one for me because, like, 
she's really bad in some scenes yeah she's always annoying but i think she's actually all right in some other scenes yeah but i do kind of like her character like her character's this you know drifter her. she's the drifter in this movie exactly and the, and on paper <laughs> with the right casting and the right script they're apparent it would be great you've got like the good girl like detective chick sort of mm-hmm. thing and then you've got like the bad girl who actually knows the stuff that the good girl needs to know and they tend teaming up should be fun and satisfying yeah it was also a very weird relationship with them. Yeah. I was like, oh, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, most of this conversation they have is not really about the guy on the stretcher. It's like about how Terry can't dream. Yeah. Which definitely it felt like we were in Nightmare on Elm Street. Like oh, we were yeah. waiting for Freddy to show up at any point. Yeah. Because I was like, you guys are just in depth. And a t- like, it's almost as though you got off the rails and then you're like, oh, this isn't in the you script. You remember what you're making? Yeah. You remember what movie we're in? What are you doing? <laughs> Freddy's not coming. Yeah, I didn't write down most of that stuff to begin with because like, well, this is a stupid scene. If I yeah. talk about dreams, uh, but then it comes in later. Yeah. Right. Also, I wrote down because they're talking and Terry gets up and she's delivering whatever lines that she needs to. And she walks all the way around the couch and you're like, okay, where is she going? <laughs> To sit on a chair that she could have easily walked to by just going the other way. I'm like, wow, that's some good state like that's direction there. Problem. It blew my mind. I was like, where's she going? I'm like, is she? Well, she's she's up to something. Nope, just to sit in another chair. <laughs> it's like the what the hell was the point of that? <laughs> I was like, geez, you're just trying to show off her. Like, look, she's an actress. She can act. She could walk. She could even walk and talk. She could walk <laughs> and act. No. Yeah. Well, sort of. Yeah, I'm going to get bored if I read it out every time that I wrote it down. And I know you two are going in a different direction, which is interesting to me. But I have written down Joey is just terrible so many times throughout this. And this another scene was like, I want to hit my head against the Oh, no, the no, that wall. scene made me just go, what? They were both really bad in that scene. That scene sucked. They hang out, smoke a cigarette, talk about shit. And then Terry gets all defensive. But as soon as she actually wants to ask her any questions that she promised she would answer. Yeah, she's like, you want to talk about this, huh? It's like, no <laughs> shit. That's why you're there. What Did you forget? Did you like hit your head? Is that why you're pacing around? Because you just don't remember anymore? She was walking to like, to going towards the stair. I'm like, you've only just got here. What if those stairs just lead to her bedroom and nowhere else? You're just going to go into her <laughs> Making bed? herself at home. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so then she goes into a duffel bag and she has the box, the lament configuration. And she says, and this is a throwaway line I've definitely missed in some other times of watch this film. Says it must have. He must have got it from the statue. And then that's it. It's just like a little tiny throwaway, yeah. probably ADR line. What I like. How did he get it out of the statue? I don't know. Because like, you had to like chisel that thing out. Bothered me later on. I was like, what the fuck happened here? And everyone stood. Now I'm like, well, at least there's something here. Of okay, he he went and stole it from JP. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like there is a backstory here to do with JP. Obviously scorned her. She then gets with this other guy at the club to make him jealous. Yeah. Then she tells him about the statue or whatever, and they break into right. this place. Still, like, the, I don't know why you steal the cube, but right. they do. Yeah, super. Don't know. And it's all gray and cobweb now, so it's kind of weird. It looks like the statue, but it's just coated. I guess. Well, it looked like get- it was coated in like cement or something. Yeah, like. But when that chipped off later, it was still the original cube. It's weird. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. JP hanging out, nodding to himself about how great he is. I love this. Yeah. He's just like looking at stuff and he's going, yeah. Like, this is care. my kingdom. Pretty great. Yeah. Uh, he I sees the box, everything. however, it's gone from the statue. And he's like, what the fuck? Now, this confuses me, and it always has, because the statue's very hollow. Very, very, very hollow. And yet they're meant to have chiseled the, statu- the cube out of the, yes. the box out of the statue. Yeah. 
but nothing else is going backwards into the statue. No. It doesn't look like it. How does that work? But whatever. No one knows. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But, uh, yeah. And why would the box be in the statue to begin with? Because how did we leave it at the end of the last film? It wasn't in the statue. It's a new box. Because the box, the girls had it the last time we saw it, didn't they? Right. Because they yeah. went back into Labyrinth, got it, and then walked away happy. Yeah. So maybe somebody, maybe it's a new box. You know, it might was, be a new box. It the was Chinese guy. When we saw it at the end of the last no, one. No, there was just was like a not? big panel of it, which yeah. was way oversized, just sort of imprinted onto the... The, the Pillar of Souls. Pillar of Souls. Maybe they just oh. made a new one. Maybe the Leviathan just gave him. Yeah. yeah. Have one more, I guess. Spit it out. These cubes don't grow on trees, Pinhead. <laughs> Come on. Can you, each of these can you just like hold on to this one, please? Sorry. So, of course, he decides to reach inside the statue. Yeah, because it's making sounds. Why the f- Why pocket. did you decide? When did anyone go, mm, sounds coming from a dark, ominous hole? Gonna reach in there. I'll put my whole hand in there. (laughs) And then, of course, once again for me, we just get all of these dumb horror tropes, which is like, all right, and a rat attacks him because that's living inside the statue as well. Yeah. How would that rat have survived that long? Also, how the hell did a rat get in there? Why would it be in there? Is there food in there? Is there like an infinite source of food, air, oxygen? I don't know. It's it's since the cube was taken out. Maybe if you want to give him credit. I don't really want to give him credit, but if I'm going to. That's the credit I'm going to have to give them. Also, yeah, just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you guys are trying to make sense of the things that every don't time, really matter at all Every here. time I think it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so then JP's like thrashing off the rat, so his blood obviously goes flying everywhere, hits the statue. I like this moment. We see the statue like soaking the blood up yeah. into it. Yeah. Um, and it goes into like Pinhead's mouth. mouth. Kind of cool. Yeah. He's upside down in this though. Yep. Yeah. You notice that? Yeah. yeah. He's not in the next scene. It's nope. like they forgot to flip the image. <laughs> yeah, like they filmed it upside down and yeah. forgot. Yeah, maybe. It's the editor's fault because he's up top and it's supposed to be like where the blood goes into his yeah, like, like, nose or whatever, but they forgot to flip the flip. image. I think you might be right. Yeah, and he's like, oh, fuck, we printed this already. <laughs> Not now. Whatever. Just cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Because I was just like, okay, you put the statue upside down so the blood flows into it. And yeah. then I realized, oh, you wanted it to look like it floated upwards. You mm-hmm. totally screwed up, bro. Meanwhile, Terry's making breakfast with Joey out of a microwave cookbook whilst not using a microwave. She's setting fire to everything in that kitchen. <laughs> yeah, what? And using a metal spatula on a nonstick pan. Yeah. I would murder this girl. Also. Wearing my clothes. And, is, it her, okay, is it her clothes? Okay, two things. Yep. Everything's on fire. I'm like, wow, there's, there's definitely smoke alarms and they should be going off like crazy. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, hey, and starts to waff it with the cigarette hand and spatula. I'm like, you're ashing over everything now. And she's like, oh, hey, sorry. She's a kitchen virgin. Yeah, yeah man. Christian, Chris, cr- kitchen, kitchen virgin. Kitchen, kitchen <laughs> virgin. <laughs> I wrote down in my notes, whose shirt is she wearing? Because that is definitely not Joyce. Yeah, yeah like, did you guys just... You know, I think it must be Joey's like, it's proof that at one point she's had a boyfriend, like an yeah. ex-boyfriend shirt. Just like or it just seemed like they just woohoo last night. And <laughs> yeah, there this is, is like the a sexy after. vibe between yeah, the two. Yeah, I love the vibe like they're just like, she's just, walking around just in the shirt. Yeah. yeah. And so is Joey. They're both wet. Like they both have wet hair. Yeah. And it's like. Oh, they both were wet. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah. It totally is an undertone that they had yeah. it hooked up for sure. They had yeah. like a very intimate talk last night and then it just. You don't know what happened. Yeah. And now they're both in 
like the super short dress robe and yep. <laughs> they're in the morning after they're in yes. the shirt that they wear at Hinoki and the Bud. Yes. <laughs> you go oh. to a restaurant in LA. That's what all of the all, all the staff, all, all the hostesses, well, all the hostesses wear those shirts. Yeah, they just wear else. long like men's shirt, like the shirts that are what always in the nineties movies. And the bird in uh, Down Beverly Hills. Yeah, it's really, always like really the shirts restaurant. that girls wear of the guys they've just had sex with. Yeah, that yeah. somehow look like they could be dresses, and that would be huge if the man actually wore them. Yeah, yeah. it's I, like they're those well, are not your boyfriend shirts. Guys wore big baggy. Yeah, in the 90s. Not that long, though. That long, they would have been all yeah. bunchy, like, in their pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I have some that are long, and I'm like, if a girl wore them, yeah. eh, then it would just <laughs> look like a normal, <laughs> yeah. normal shirt, kind of, yeah. just yep. slightly bigger. It would not be covering She's up your stuff. Yeah, it would, it would be, it would, you would basically, if I was to wear it, it'd be like shirt cocky. <laughs> just... oh, the, the, these are the things we're picking out in this movie. Come on, there's so much. It's right. We're just trying things. to decide if they had sex. I think they yeah. had sex. Let's just say, yeah. Because when they talk, they're like face to face and they're right about to kiss and you're like, just fucking kiss. Let's get on with it. What I don't understand is they spend the night together, whether they're having sex or not having sex, and Terry hasn't told her anything yet. She hasn't told her like, it's like no. there was more to ask her in terms of well, what exactly happened with the guy. How did the chains get into him? What was going on yeah. with the box? Did he open the box? My logic behind that was you give it up. You have no more cards to play. She's going to kick <laughs> you out. That's true. She just doesn't want to be kicked out yet. Teasing She's like, it. I, just want, I just want love to be loved. Well, instead, Terry goes and looks at the like Frasier soap opera view. Out of the painted, of yeah. the photo wall that she's got on you. This is a great view. It's, like, it's so obviously a photo. It's yeah. yeah. Well, even if she could, when she goes, oh, if you look over to the left, there's the, and then doesn't say, because yeah. you you don't want any defining, like, landmarks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, Terry turns around with, like, semi-watery eyes. And she's yeah. like, oh, you're so emotional. I have to hear what you have to say. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah, that's, I, I love such it. a weird. I, just, I love, I love your place. I, I just wish I could live. I just want to burn it down. I love it so much. <laughs> I just kill you, stab, fire, only bus configuration complete. <laughs> Transformers. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Well, we should have, uh, you know, come in and did some oh research for this. I'm, I'm still surprised Platinum Dunes haven't done a remake, but yeah. yeah. But it turns out, like we said at the beginning, Terry was the one who found JP statue so she knows where she got it from the joey uh <laughs> joey looks at her she's like why what are you thinking this is his little smile we're gonna go shopping <laughs> it's the most i tell you what it's the most i believe her in this entire <laughs> the pyramid gallery however it's closed and some dude on the street walking his dog says oh the owner's been in hawaii for a month and blah 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 don't think that's his dog yeah, that dog does not like him <laughs> Oh, so yeah. <laughs> and then they they throw in the track of big dog bark growling and barking. And I was like, this doesn't even work. And then he pulls the dog off screen. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, Terry says it's bullshit. It's JP bought the statue last week, but yeah, we discussed then what you guys think with that, which I agree with now. And then Terry, who hides a lock pick in the boobs apparently at all times. A huge like safety pin. <laughs> Yeah, thing that was cannot, massive. It had been, be like, comfortable six at all. inches long. You yeah. know. So they break in, and then they, at least this time we don't get to see them break in. We don't get no, anything like God. Kyle sticking a screwdriver in a lock. <laughs> yeah, they but just it was in. probably the same thing. Harry has a wardrobe change in every single new scene, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah. She's in different clothes every she single scene. She is right. ready. She is ready she for every occasion. Like, everything in that duffel bag with she her. She brought her necessities. She basically moved in, so maybe she is a lesbian. 
Yeah, because that's a very list. I don't think she's mine. I think she's definitely. I think they hooked up for sure. Yeah, but I'm saying like that's it makes the film more interesting. You one time, yeah. lesbians like, and we're together now. It's some emotional yeah. investment if we think yeah. of it. They she up. went, mm, yep, we're now bonded. So they bonded. start looking bonded. through the paperwork for the statue, <laughs> yeah. and and Joey says, "Oh, this is gonna take forever." Which yeah, the start is the most stupid line. It's like you're a fucking journalist investigator. You have to look through some read. folders. Yeah, also. If you're good at your job, you'd be able to go and find your answers pretty quick through those stacks of paper. Well, yeah, it's stupid enough anyway, but then two seconds later, Terry just pulls out something. Terry's goes, a advisor, which is hilarious. Look what I found from the Channard Lunatic Asylum. <laughs> the statue was bought up. At least we get a proper tie-in. It is a true sequel. The statue was bought from an auction. The, the asylum got closed down. Uh-huh. Because they found a mate in the <laughs> Or because no one was working there. Yeah, there's no one left. No one there. Kyle and yeah. Chanard are dead. There's no one around. Yeah, and half of the patients died in that crazy accident. Uh, so JP then, we're with him. He's at his club doing his normal thing. He spots a girl on the dance floor that he likes and points at her. So the waiter nods and takes a single rose from a cooler full of them. <laughs> Which is hilarious because it's... An ice chest, and he's yeah. got roses on ice right yeah. there. I was like, wow, keeping them fresh. Nice, yeah. JP is the original Bachelor. Yeah. Well, he can. Like, the Bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> handing roses out. Like, I choose you. you. But uh, what I love is that he's literally walking over to the girl, but he gets the waiter to give the girl a rose, and then she, she just, turns around and he's just there. Like, yeah, she, yeah. Everyone's what? like, oh, I like this bartender. He's she's, so cute. And then they're all like, oh, it's not the bartender. Yeah. It's, <laughs> she's a... Uh, She's talking to somebody else or some dude's like talking to her and then she, the bartender gives it to her yeah. and she's like, wait, who is this? Who is this from? And before the bartender answers, the man who was sitting next to her is gone. Yes. And it's JP immediately and he goes, who's me? Yes. <laughs> and I swear to God in the other shot when JP's looking around the room and sees her, she's talking to another man. Yeah. Until right? so he gets over and it's a different dude. Um, so lots of guys are just hitting on her one after Yeah, and just getting shot down so fast. JP don't get shot down by nobody. Because he's like, if I get shot down, you're kicked out of my club. Yep, basically. You don't even get your $10 back. Yeah. It's like the club and his apartment and a restaurant. Art gallery. Oh, yeah. And an art gallery. Everything. And an art gallery. Which well, is so in this room. Gallery, isn't it? Oh, and there's multiple yeah. clubs. Because you've got the rock one, the rock dance one, the restaurant one. Like, there's loads of shit going on. Yeah. Who knows what else? So he takes the girl back upstairs to his apartment and they fuck. Well, it's after his come online. You have a quality. You should let that define you. Yeah. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Yes. And they have the sex where she obviously did not want to show her tits. I'm glad you noticed. This is Oh true. my uh, God. So she got all upset about nudity as well. She didn't want to show her boobs. There was a big sort of, not fight, but back and forth about it on set on the day mm-hmm. um, until I think it was actually the actor who came up with it. I it's might like, be wrong. I'll put my hand yeah. on your boobs. Someone came up with well, how about if you're weird. grabbing your boobs and it won't look weird. The I have to say to me, I remember being a teenager watching this, it was much sexier because he's grabbing her boobs. Yeah. Like just to see her boobs is kind of like less sexy. Weirdly like that interaction. Because it's like more and not, you don't yeah. see them so it's sexier as well. It's like the mystery he's and like what he's doing. He's like smoking a cigarette too. Yeah he's still yeah. smoking while oh he's fucking her. She's got her, her big boots on still. Yeah. yeah. That was really weird. Um, and also I'm like you guys are really close for st- the stim- simulated. Yeah. 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 Because like I mean there's now this is why we have like you know union and stuff. Right. You have to be really far apart. Yeah. To have a uh, 
Yeah, so but he's probably just got like a hammock or something on. Yeah, but I mean, this is like back in the day where it's like he's pretty yeah. much almost there. Like, there's yeah. definitely something blocking her in between sure. them. But I'm like, dude, he's they're grinding upon each other. Yeah, oh, yeah for sure. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and the rose is all like mashed up next. To them. Yeah. <laughs> Pinhead is now not upside down and watching them as they have sex, and we get these weird shots of JP like smoking up close to the camera and then like fucking her and then. Pinhead's just like in the background mm-hmm. and then his eyes open at the same time as JP comes. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a weird correlation. And his eyes look like, weird here. I'm it's like awake a cat now. Yeah. And then he just closes them again. He's like, oh, let's see. <laughs> Not my time yet. Joey, meanwhile, has found a photo of Pinhead, who is, oh my lord, I've forgotten his name, Captain Spencer. Yeah. Elliot. Elliot Spencer. And she's on the phone to the Channard archives in, for me, the worst phone call I think yeah, I've ever seen. In cinema history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, this is where I realized, sorry, the scene before I realized that JP is the new Frank. He, yeah, you mentioned was, it while we were watching yeah. it. Yeah. And I hadn't really noticed it before because I hadn't seen him in close consecutiveness yeah. since I was 17. But you're absolutely right. I was like, whoa, new Frank. He's like the American Frank. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I put too. I was like, American bad boy. <laughs> exactly. Frank would be proud, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think Frank would appreciate it. And he it. also does say the line later. Oh, he yeah. does. We'll yeah. get there. Yeah, so Joey's asking for the Kirsty Cotton tape. Oh, and I love how she sums this up at the end when the doctor finally comes back. <laughs> She's just like, yeah, no, I need the Kirsty Cotton tape. That's great. Your assistant has my details. And puts the phone straight down. And she's been waiting for ages to get on the phone to this guy. And in the yeah. middle of this, Terry's like, tr- like leaving. Sne- trying to sneak off. She's like, oh, you got everything. You got everything you want. You, you don't need it. Need you don't need me anymore. You with me. And then you yeah, I was like, holy life. crap. They're totally hooked up. Yeah. And she Joey goes, says, no. She goes, Two seconds. You know Give where the spare seconds. room is. Yeah. Can stay don't need the spare room. She used a two seconds line, by the way, for the phone call. Yeah. She said, Give me two seconds. I was like, Okay, is it going to be two seconds? No, it's not. <laughs> well, nearly was. It was pretty quick. She fucking yeah. gets off that phone. Yeah. Very, very smart. All right. They've stopped having sex now, and JP's lost interest in the girl, and she's wandering around looking at his art. He tells her tomorrow he'll give a rose to somebody else. And then yeah, he got like super aggressive quick. I was like, he's wow. kind of like ignoring her, and then he just suddenly goes, "You stupid little bitch!" Like, give me back scene. my shirt and get the fuck out. I love yeah. the scene where she's like, "You're a monster," and he just flexes one arm. Yeah. Yeah. like he's going, doo, doo, "Don't give a doo, shit!" Doo, doo. Like he's yeah. like mocking her. Right. It's so funny. Whatever you say. To be fair, she's a very stupid I was just waiting girl. for her to be like, yeah, "You're a monster." <laughs> just mocking her. She is. I mean, I have it written down as well here, like. I think Terry's okay in places, but my God, like all three women in this yeah. movie are just bad, bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, and this yep. girl is the worst. Like, she was just complimenting is... his art. Yeah, she's, you being, know, she's being real she, nice. She, at least this girl, I feel, is playing the part that she is. Yeah. Like, I think she's meant to be this stupid, but yeah. oh, she's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did you? What did you think was going to play out after this? That you were going to be best buds? Yeah. I thought this was the story I was going to tell my children. <laughs> And dad gave me a rose at a BDSM His club. club. Yeah. <laughs> Punk rock restaurant dance <laughs> club. Restaurant. <laughs> he was a visionary. He was ahead of the curve. <laughs> Nobody else makes string quartets with rock like he did. <laughs> and then the girl flips out and backs up into the statue and the chains come out of it. And they pull her to the statue. She lifts up. They rip off. Well, Pinhead's teeth actually has chains come out of its teeth. It's yeah. not in his mouth. Yeah. From his benches. He rips the flesh off. Skins her and then sucks her into the statue. We get a little CGI weirdness here. She yeah. gets sucked in. And no discernible place that she's being sucked into. Just yeah. into, into the statue. Yeah. And then 
becomes a part of the statue. Yeah, the face immediately becomes a part of the statue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes no sense. Okay, sure. New new rules. I would like these effects. Like we got skinned. I don't know if she looks as good as the old skinned ones. To be honest, no. I don't think that they were going for that much detail because it's so quick. Yeah, they were like it's going to be like a half a second. They're going to see her. Were you expecting, I mean, this is the first time for you guys, how you feeling with Pinhead been trapped in this statue the whole time? It was interesting. <laughs> I didn't really know how to feel about it at this point, because right. this is the first moment you see him even with any sort of activity. Yeah, I was talking about about I was like, yeah. is he just going to smooth talk everyone for yeah. this whole movie? Well, we get, yeah, this is a real flip for him, because mm-hmm. this is where Pinhead has to be the guy bargaining with everyone the whole time throughout this movie, yeah. pretty much. So yes, she becomes part of statue, and now Pinhead's got his pins back. Uh, to which JP exclaims, "Jesus Christ!" And Pinhead says, "Not quite." You enjoyed the girl, and so did I. And then they have this sort of argument about it. When JP's like, "No, it's not the same. It's yeah. not the same." And then he becomes the JP American Gunman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Desert. I'm pretty sure that was a Desert Eagle. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually. Which I'm like, why I play, play that many times in video games? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why do you have a a deagle, bro. He's JP. So I've got that written a lot of quotes from here on out because there's a lot of Pinhead does lots of cool quotes. He really does. They like this film is full for me of terrible dialogue. Yeah. And not all of Pinhead's ones work, but they give him so many lines. There's a lot of classic Pinhead gold here for me. Yeah. Also, I like. I don't. I don't know if it's he was talking to JP, and I noticed this, or maybe it was the girl. But when he's talking to the left of him is a painting of like death like oh, in a really? coffin yeah. like this with its arms crossed w- the same way that pinhead's doing it i oh, was like nice. that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah one of the ones he does here is there's no good or evil there is only flesh uh, which i quite like and then jp refuses to help him takes out his gun starts shooting the statue uh, oh, it's, well, shoot statue. it's a statue man i know there's only one spot you could maybe shoot which is his face but and you're gonna shoot about it reflecting and hitting yeah. like ricocheting yeah what an idiot what a dick yeah he's about to shoot statue and then uh, yeah, I do like Pinhead goes oh is that the same gun that you used to kill your parents with you got a little bit of back history with JP that's all we're gonna get at two sentences like his parents had lots of money he killed them because they weren't giving him enough attention basically and then took their inheritance and then Pinhead spits the bullets out mm-hmm. in like a Superman maneuver this this for me at the time I remember being 17 I was like okay this is too far <laughs> America <laughs> JP just starts crying on the floor in his big, his massive underpants. Is it really big? <laughs> they are nice big ones. But I really like, like, I was complaining a little bit in part two about Doug's performance. I think Doug's back on track. Not all the lines are, not all the direction is, but I think Doug is like giving it his all as pinhead in this one. Yeah. He's giving it a lot more than he yeah. was in the last one. He's got some dignity back, which I like with the character. You feel like, okay, this is someone you would be a bit scared of. Uh, even I didn't know what he was going to do next. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you're like, he's in the statue. What the fuck is he going to do? Yeah, like he could just shoot turn a chain him around to face the other wall. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. He's just like biting at you. <laughs> I just built a metal box around him. Yeah. And with a little blast shield. <laughs> so when you open it, it goes. Yeah! <laughs> he just starts doing hand solo impressions. Yeah. Yeah, he has another good line here, which because he's trying to tempt JP and explain to look, you know, with you know, you will want the world I can offer you, basically. And he does this cool thing where he's saying, "I can give you flesh, power, and then dominion." And I really like the way he says dominion. It's cool. Dominion. But then JP's security guys have heard the bullets and goes to check on him, and JP says everything's fine, so we know he's accepting Pinhead into his life. 
What else is he going to say? No, the statue that's inside of here just ate the girl <laughs> that I had sex with. Um, can you guys take care of this for me? Thanks. I feel they would. I feel he's definitely killed people before. <laughs> the statue, <laughs> like his parents. Oh, <laughs> So then Doc and Joey are meeting up very briefly just to remind us that Doc exists yep. and likes Joey. He gives her the tape of Kirsty Con and it's super friendly. So we see Ashley Lawrence. She is back. You weren't convinced. I just love that the reason that she's outside is to get some fresh air because she's yeah, been doing so much work inside. Like, oh, I just have to take a I just break. I need a break. I, need I to looked get through a folder yesterday for it 30 seconds. It was exhausting. Seconds. Fucking exhausting. She's just probably like, oh my gosh, gosh Terry is around me all the time. Just yeah, wanted. she's probably just <laughs> away from I just, Terry. I just need, I realized so I wanted hours. a hookup. I didn't want a wife. <laughs> I need to step outside. It's not just a microwave wife anyway. You want to at least yeah. take. She's like, learn to. Take a cooking class. <laughs> do something do, useful. Do something useful besides... Keep, you gave me all the information. You're right. You have nothing else to give me. <laughs> Even the sex is subpar. <laughs> Even your mid-drift is not enough. Yeah. yeah so you weren't convinced it was Ashley Lawrence returning as Kirsty, but it is. No. She's back in some video footage. It doesn't even sound like footage. her. Oh, I think it does. So it's an interview tape. So I've got to ask you guys, when did this happen? Because it just looks like she's talking to a, an empty room. Well, this is from the asylum. So she was interviewed at some point in Channel Silent. We know from the moment she wakes up, we're with her. So we know the only time that this could have happened is before she wakes up. So in between the first film and the second film. Maybe it was in between her talking to the cop and then before she takes a shower. And then she gets out because we don't see her for a few minutes in there. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe Kyle was like, oh, we need a video. Can you just take your top off? And she's like, that's weird. He's like, okay, never mind. <laughs> It's there's no there's no way that this would have happened. I know, it's it feels stupid. like the people it's who completely wrote, contrived. I mean, it's written by Peter Atkins who wrote the second one, but it feels like these are people who heard, oh, what's the second one? And the mental institute, what happened? Oh, there's a pillar. All right, we'll get a pillar from the mental institute. She was in a mental institute. She must have done a video at some point, right? To interview her. They video no. everybody at mental institutions. Never happened. So she does at least hear give more clarification she says the box just wants to open itself right so this is rewriting the law drastically yes. yeah to yeah. allow anybody it's just like it picks who it wants to open in and it opens, which makes sense i'm fine with it mm-hmm. but, but it was not something that kirsty knew in the second film i think it's because they're just entering the dumber and dumber girls into this so they're like we have to make this puzzle easier or this is never gonna oh, yeah. work there's no master puzzle opener no. here for sure and then Pinhead's human self, Spency, Spency boy, comes to her in the videotape saying she's telling Elliot, the Elliot truth. Elliot, Spency. Yeah, we start to get these very, I remember again, being a teenager and just like, oh, that's cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's really the point? Painful. Yeah. Meanwhile, Terry's looking at a box while reading about battles of 20th century. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well... Having a popsicle on her lolly holding a cuddly and just walking around with basically just nothing. A nice weekend. This is like reading she's just history. reading and chill. This is like a, like the dirty dream of the director, basically. That's yeah. how it just feels. It's like I just like if a girl could dress like this, suck a lollipop, hold a cuddly, but also when you'd be smart, so you're reading yeah, about history. Like, I want a smart, sexy, but fun young woman. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you, you are know? gonna portray that right, right now, now. <laughs> <laughs> and also independent the box is all polished up and she thinks that maybe joey did it it's not polished though it's literally just doesn't isn't doesn't covered in it, yeah. concrete yeah that's what i mean the there's literally shards of concrete of around it yeah that's what i mean it's like it was coated and then it's just come off like it shed a skin hmm. but i'm confused because it looks like it's going to get to open a box she starts fiddling with it a bit 
But I'm like, what happens if she does open a box? Because Pinhead's... It's already open, technically. The, well, no, it's not open. Pinhead was brought into the real world. It's kind of how they've ended it. It's like the statue, with no explanation, came over from the other side to the real world. Much like the box came over from the other side to the real world. So it's like a conduit and Pinhead kind of piggybacked into it. It's kind of what they've retroactively tried to make happen with the Pillar mm. of Souls. So the box isn't open at all. It's just Pinhead is trying to come to the real world. And that's the whole point of this. And it was very big in vogue at that point. It's like getting Freddy Krueger into the real world, getting right. like different horror villains into, yeah, that's why it's hell on earth. Yeah. So, so if she opens the box, box, it's going to open a doorway to hell, right? But Pinhead won't come through it. It'll just be back into that old labyrinth again, I guess. Maybe the other Cenobites would come through. Yeah. Maybe. His pals. He ditched them. They're just or are they dead at this point? I think they're because they isn't that the anyway. Well, they're okay. all meant to be dead, but Pinhead was in the statue somehow. Even but it he was died. because his evil was so strong. That's what yeah, he tells you. Yeah, later. we're gonna get to that. Yeah, yeah. But so then, yeah. So there's no other Cenobites at this point. Well, it depends how evil this, how strong the evil is, or at least his group, because he does say later on, my group or my um, what does he say? Mm-hmm. I've written down the word later. We'll get to it. Anyway. JP somehow knows how to ring Terry. He's got the number from the car to get it. But why would he think Terry's hanging out with this girl who was looking for Terry? Because he said, because she even says, how did you get this number? And he's like, she left her cards all over the club. Yeah. But why would he think she was with that girl who was looking for Terry? Because she she was looking for Terry. Because she was looking for her. So he assumes that he found her or she found him. That she might know where Terry is. Because some stranger looking for the girl knows this girl better than the ex-boyfriend of the girl. This is the scene before he calls. Calls like five people. He's like, hey, is Terry with you? No. Okay. (laughs) Hey, Terry. No. She's freaking homeless. How do I this. find this bitch? Hey Carla. Yeah, it's JP. You seen Terry? No? Okay. You know where do you know where, do you she, know where might be? she might be? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, hold on a second. Hey Joe? <laughs> hey Joe, you got those cards? <laughs> the one the journalist left? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got the number. Thanks, bye. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh shit, she answered. <clears throat> Hello, Terry. <laughs> like, I called a bunch of people and then she have, finally answered. And he's and like, he's like Do you have my copy of Charles Play 2? Look who's stalking. But I also, like, here... He's probably ready to be like, that's, that's beautiful, good. by the way. Just thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like... Acting, yeah. by the way. That's better than seeing the last few weeks, you know. But it's like, why does, why does he have to go for her? Why? He get a million girls. He just goes he down the club and gets a million girls. Like, we've seen him display that it's yeah. like as easy as handing a frozen flower to someone because i don't know why because he, he needs her no, he doesn't. He doesn't. unless like he's just unless angry with her like, but i don't think he gives a shit preamble about her to like he's trying to get to what's her face he's trying to get the joey. box no, but this is the, the problem, problem i'm gonna have later is that pinhead has nothing to do with joey for the rest of it. he doesn't even know she exists right for this entire film and then at the end yeah. they have the this Spencer big guy like does. yeah spency boy does so maybe it's like by osmosis that they they don't seem to know anything about it i think he was just probably trying to kill all his like easy drama he's like oh she caused drama i'm gonna kill all the people all the girls that yeah, yeah piss me, me off he's just trying to like i'm gonna apologize and then they'll not be able to tell anyone that I finally apologized and was mm-hmm. truthful and they'll be dead. He does and he lures her over. He tries to lure her over to place. She puts down the phone on him and then it rings again so she sends it a message and it's Doc saying, congratulations, Joey got that job in Monterey. Monterey? California, yeah. 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 So you put like, pack up your house and blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're going to sell me your condo. 
Yeah. So Joey comes home to an empty house and trash. finds Carrie left her and she trashed the house. Saying, Joey Monterey, you liar. <laughs> She's like, thank God she's gone. Yeah. So are we meant to believe, because it's, you know, it transpires later, none of this is true. Are we meant to believe that Pinhead rang her up? Or like, what? Like, who's impersonating Doc? Because this isn't real. Well, we don't know that this isn't real. This, the phone call's not, not real. real, is it? No. no. I thought it How was real. How do you real. know that? I'm trying to remember. I have like definitive stuff, I think, from making ofs and stuff where I know for sure that it is not meant to be real. The phone call is a trick. But then we also get it just purely from from Joey, like from reaction. Like her career's going down the drain and none of it's like, none of that's happening. I don't know. And then doesn't she go for the messages or something? There's nothing on them or something? There's no, something it was we blinking. Know. No, it was blinking. Yeah. I don't know how. I know for sure that it was not their intention that this is real. This is meant to be a trick. I don't know. Uh, just to manipulate Terry. Unless over there's there. like this thing that Pinhead really wants Terry. So he has to come up with a way to get her to come to JP's. Yeah, but it's like how... I know, but it's like, why do does it? he only want her? Mm. Mm. Because so he can use one line. Come to daddy. <laughs> uh, so Terry goes to JP. He tries to seduce them over by the statue. But Terry's not so sure because she's like, I don't have sex with you just yet. And it's like, that's all right. So I'm going to go sit on the bed. All night. Because we don't want to have sex. I'm going to sit days. on the bed. It's like, no, I'm going to go all night until you have to fuck me, basically. And then we cut to Vietnam again. Joey's dreaming the same dream. She's in the bunkers suddenly, though. World War Trenches, one. actually. Sure. Trenches. Of a terrible sort of wipe screen in the background as it goes from Vietnam to yeah. World War One For no reason. She could just turn around and she's in World War One. Yeah. Save your money. Don't do terrible wipes. There's no need. And then we got Spency Boy. He arrives and then she wakes up. Her TV is in static and Spency's talking to her. Says, you have to help me, Joey. Meanwhile, JP is trying to get Terry to come to the statue with his sexy lines like, come to daddy. That's the one. And that's when he really does cement. Yeah, he's definitely the Frank. And I love that he's like, oh, I just want to, I hate seeing you in pain. I just want to hug you. I just want to tell you it's all all right. And then she holds out her arms like a little baby. And he's like, no, that's not fair. You have to come to me. You're on the bed. That's, that's not, not fair. fair. He's like, he's basically saying like, if I go to the bed, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to have to fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to come to me. Yeah. <gasps> in the world. I look at a shot of him where he's like there and he's got his little evil eyes and his little arms out and hunched shoulders. Who's going to go anywhere near that, that creepy motherfucker? Yeah, especially about that session. be like, no. No, but and she knows about the statue because, because they've just been discovering about it all. Yeah, well, she didn't. She's going there, she's heading towards him, and then the last minute she turns away, but JP's had enough, grabs her, and a pinhead comes alive and she just starts going. He falls into the statue, but well, she grabs a knuckle duster and well, punches him in the face. She falls to the bed and he kind of gets weirdly on top of her, and then he grabs her by the front of her pants, yeah. like the crotch area. And pulls her by pulls her by to show him. Watch the stair. Watch her head on the stairs. Yeah. To be fair, it's either that or her hair, and it's hard to shoot someone pulling by the hair. So yeah, I feel that's the easy way. You should know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, but she grabs a knuckle duster that she has. She's got loads of stuff in her yeah. boobs. She's got like lock pick, knuckle She's dust. She's like Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Dude, she is ready. Ready for the world. Yeah. And, and she's, she's about, yeah, yeah, she smashes him and then she's about to leave when Pinhead suddenly stops going, Rah! and decides, oh, fuck, better bargain with her now. Well, it's because she's locked in that room. Yeah, she's she locked in the room. She can't get out anyway. She can't get out. And this is one of my, this, I remember as, when I was young, this was one of my favorite scenes. So I used to really enjoy this. He like talks to her and tries to calm her down and then, 
Then we're feeding into her whole thing before of I don't have dreams. And he starts saying that there are two keys in this room. One is in his, in a, what's his name? JP's mm-hmm. pants below him. And he's like, you could probably get to the key without me getting you, probably. And the other key is like, uh, is, yeah, it says like you're at the door to dreams. You can let yourself back into that world that's banal, hopeless, and dreamless. Or basically, you can come with me and I'll give you, you know, everything you could want. He says black miracles. Black miracles, yeah. Which I'm like, that does not sound good. <laughs> Racist. Sounds pretty. No, no. It's like, you Only know. Only white miracles for Well, you know, being a man of, a person of color, I only want the purest of miracles now. No, because it's like, what is it? Uh. Like the satanic things. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, black mass. Yep. So black miracles Not just completely. sounds like hmm, some kind of sacrificial thing should probably pass. Yeah, but she's already said that she's kind of like into weird stuff. So and her life is terrible. Yeah, and she doesn't dream or sleep. Joey or doesn't want to date her anymore. And Joey's JP moving is a to liar. Monterey. Yep. Oh, you just left for her, but Pinhead Boy. Well, sure. So Terry's done pretty quickly. And then just pushes JP into statue. We've got a pretty funny long shot. She's trying to like pull him and she can't. And she so just kicks funny. him on the floor. Oh, like I think one. she really tried to. And then she yeah. was just like, I should probably just kick him. That'd be easier. Yeah. And maybe he like went, kick me. Like with his, his, as he's laying there unconscious, he just whispers, just kick me. <laughs> just kick me. <laughs> just kick me. Yeah. Just like, keep rolling. It's cool. Let's go. Yeah. This is real life. Because yeah. yeah. this is the only. I'm like, wow. She really. She's really trying. She doesn't know how to do this. Yep. And discovers that she sits down and just kicks him over. <laughs> then yeah, yeah, she pushes him inside. He wakes up instantly. Pins off screaming again. And then weird drills come out, and not just come out of the statue, but fly out of the statue, embed into his head through his skull, and they're like separate. It's like it's, a, it's like a. It looked basically like uh, like a thermostat type of thing for, like a really for water. Thick one, like yeah, where had two. It's almost like an oil drill because had that like pumping yeah. action. Yeah, yeah. they're like pumping. pumping. It looked it had Pretty a gauge weird. on it basically, yeah. and two copper piping. Give me your syrup, boy. <laughs> uh, and then the statue starts to crack. We get big dramatic music and we get the rebirth of Pinhead finally <laughs> coming out of the statue. <laughs> the amount of times from this point onwards where we get the big music and Pinhead's in the sea. <laughs> like they announced him <laughs> so many times. It's like, aren't you amazed? He's back again. Yeah. <laughs> He's been gone for 10 seconds, but this is the first time. And then there's a pretty cool moment. Like everything falls apart and the music's really yeah, big. And there's He's like just standing there. Streaming through it and-, and it's nice to see him back properly, not immobile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was getting concerned that he was going to be stuck in that thing for this whole film. And I was like, this is not going to work for me. Yeah. So there he is, looking pretty cool. And then Joey wakes up to a World War One radio station that's playing in a house. In a cupboard, she finds... I think it's the same player that we see in the opening of part two. Yeah, because it has all the like, countries and cities mm. and things on you it. You can tune in on mm-hmm. the war radio. Uh, in a cupboard, and she retunes it to hear Spency Boy's voice who tells her to go over to her window. <laughs> go to the window. Thank you. <laughs> opening the curtain, she sees a kind of freeze-frame diorama of Spency Boy on the floor from the opening of the second film. He's got the box in hand. He's sort of mid trying to open it. And she puts a hand through the window. We get digital digital effects. Whoa, first CGI. Did you notice that he's both a mannequin in in a couple of the scenes? Like him holding it is like fake. 
in I'm some right? of it. And then there's one where she's walking straight up toward him that you can tell that it's yeah, him. He's moving a bit. Yeah. But all the other ones are just like this like weird mannequin plastic. Mannequin? Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Because anytime you see it from the back, it's like obviously there's like tufted fake hair mm. on top of it. Yeah, it's really weird. I, I was like, why, did, why couldn't they just get him to sit on the floor for I don't know. Yeah. five or minutes? Or just get a, a photo double for that. Yeah, it was weird. That's really easy to understand. replicate. Because at first I was like, oh, they're trying to make it look like a diorama, like a fake representation. But then right. there was one where I was like, nope, now he's real. Oh, now he's not. <laughs> yeah. Was really I didn't notice it. I kind of like when she opens it and I'm like, what? I've forgotten what's outside. And it's like, oh, what's going to be there? And it's just like the other room on the other side of the mirror. And yeah. him frozen in it. It's kind of creepy. I think it's one of yeah. them. I think it's probably the creepiest bit of imagery for me in the film, actually. But just like, I went through the window. Yeah, and what do you want me to do now? Yeah, and she's like, no. I just walked into madness for you. Talk. Yeah. She just, just gets a little bit like every fucking lie. I hate, I hate her. I'm that sorry. Just, <laughs> every line she says is just so stupid. Yeah, that made me just go, gosh, you're talking. What is she? Oh my gosh. Just die. Adam, like, what are you wearing to bed? Yeah. No. Her nightgown is terrible. No. That's why. Especially from Hound of the That's Basketball. why Terry left. Yeah. <laughs> She's your enjoy your shitty... sad Monterey life. You stupid your slag. Stupid <laughs> Bill <Week> nightgown. <laughs> you want to put I do now. <laughs> the door opens and she walks through it, and now she's in the trenches at nighttime. And World War One. Spencer Boy is standing over there looking out, and it's not too great nice. yonder. He's a very proper English soldier. He is so proper, so polite, very gentlemanlike. You'll have to help me. No, you're not dreaming. And he reveals he's Captain Elliot Spencer. He says, hell is exactly what's going on, Joey, and we have to stop it. What the hell is going on? <laughs> hell is exactly what's going on. I'm glad you set on. me up for that one because I've been waiting to say hell is exactly what's going on. It's <laughs> <laughs> like someone's going to come here. Because this dream is really boring. We get oh, so much exposition here. Yeah. Loads and loads. So, yeah, we get the exposition here, which is very important, apparently. There's a million ways they could have written this. Instead, they write it this way. A dream of one war is a dream of all wars, Joey. Your dreams of your father let me find you and then bring you to this, a kind of limbo. <laughs> it's like, what? That, what? <laughs> so, her dreams of her dad in Vietnam, who clearly was left and died in Vietnam, joined to the World War I dreams, which allowed him to then find her through the static of it all and bring her into it. And then he says, those who didn't die from the war drank themselves to death. I went one step further and became an explorer, which explains a bit more of his back history. At least this mm-hmm. is the stuff that they wanted to be there at the beginning of Hellraiser 2, but they didn't have the budget for it. I kind of like that. I like that idea of the end of World War One. Yeah, like people just like in disarray and didn't know what to do with their lives. And he wasn't the kind of, he wasn't a Frank. He wasn't a JP. He's not the kind of character who's going to do this normally, but he was left damaged from the war mm-hmm. and that sent him into this abyss. And then they reuse the creation of Pinhead again from the second film. We get the same footage. And this bit, I want to know what you guys interpret with how important this is. Because he says, I found the monster inside the box and it found the monster in me. So I interpret this away in a particular way because I think I want to interpret it in a particular way that allows me to enjoy all of the films more. I want to know what you guys get from this. Because there is definitely a duality, obviously, in this film between him and Pinhead as sort of separate entities. I took it as like he met Leviathan inside this box and then it kind of had a similar like emergence from him that happened with the terrible Chenard Cenobite, but with right. him it was something that was more liberated that was Pinhead and it kind of merged the two things together. 
you know, when they seek the box, they all have like these desires. And, you know, since he's been in, I don't know, so I was making it as if he's been in war for so long and what he was doing was just like killing people endlessly that he wants something more. And then he became the person who decided where people would go, essentially. Yeah. Mm. So, and that was his, what his thing was. He's like, I really like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awful. I mean, because when people end, like when wars are done, like soldiers don't know what to become anymore because all they've known is to kill. And so this was what his calling was. He's like, yes, I do like this. This yep. is right. what I am. I'm yep. a murderer. Yeah, I definitely interpret it in a particular way only because I want to. I think the way you guys are saying is more true. But because I have real problems with Pinhead only been around for the last 70 years at that point, you know, when they made this film. I really go with it. Sure, it's from Leviathan, but that, like, when he says, I found a monster inside the box and it found the monster in me, I kind of feel like him opening the box, it's almost like being possessed in a weird way, you know? You went through, but then a demon and something older from that side then sort of find something inside you and you join. And that's kind of what creates the Cenobites. Like yeah. it is, it's like old spirits from or old whatever creatures <laughs> and demons. Com, dude. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what, what spirit is. Because I Matchbox. do feel this film does create that. And again, I don't think they understand the mess they're doing here. It's just about cool visuals for them. Sure. But I do think you have the duality of the two versions and seeing Pinhead exist without Spency Boy, you know, when you have him as himself, like the old version, it's like... It allows me to feel that there's one version which is just the original demon that mm -hmm. existed and then him, the demon and Spencer together create Pinhead kind of thing. Sure. But there is something older than just World War One that's going on here kind of thing. Like that's really important to me. So otherwise. you think the evil that is in that is Pinhead is separate from the outer yeah. vision of Pinhead? I feel like Pinhead. if it wasn't Spencer, it would be something else. Sure. Know? Like it would be another person that it kind of... Gotcha. Once it came through the box, it would then find Well, then maybe it. that makes sense as to why when the Cenobites died in the last one, like the woman Cenobite was not the woman that yeah, was that Cenobite. Maybe it was like the combination of that woman plus the evil, that spirit yeah. created that. Yeah. Also, there Cenobite. was those spirits that leaked out of what's his, uh, the, the second one when uh, Leviathan was yeah. closing all these little yeah. spirits. Yeah, yeah. Because they're going, wee, hee, hee, so it's probably <laughs> they make <laughs> no they're just happy you know like Mario Man. like Mario he's <laughs> always happy when he gets to that castle there's no one there oh no we do get rules here though he also so he tells us all his exposition explains to us the stupidity of the rules with the mirror yeah. and the wars and then he's like hell has its commandments too the box had to be opened to let me out so that's the definite rule does not happen for the pillar of souls. No. The truly innocent were safe, he says. Just Obviously not true because they try to attack Kirsty. Yeah. yeah. And Pin is about to slaughter an entire club of people. Presumably some of them are innocent. But it's no, because they're at like the the slutty club. Oh, they can't all be come on. You judge you, you can judge them Catholic the levels now. Yeah. Uh, they showed them they all look You're super unrage. I feel but this is for me like why I feel like the pinhead in this because I feel like he's separate. I feel like yeah. when he came into Earth, it's like I feel like Spencer kinda died in right. a way in a bit and became separate then from Pinhead. Yeah, so, so he doesn't have moral boundaries anymore. This is the demon pinhead essentially okay. in this film. That's my personal interpretation, which I don't think any of them thought about, but you know. And then he says, then a friend released me, which is Kirsty, because he says, like, yeah, she released him. So, like, mm -hmm. he's been separated then from, I feel, the body of Pinhead 
for most of this film. And he says, my evil though was too strong. It hid, it waited, but no longer. Which, yeah, it's like, I guess, is his evil spirit. And it came into poor souls. How that came into the real world to begin with, don't know, but there you go. Then he says this great line with the love where he's like, it's out there now in the real world, Joey. Unbound, unstoppable. But to there's we- something we can do. <laughs> and then she says, well, then what can we what can we do? And he says, there is something we can do. <laughs> you just said the he's same unstoppable. Thing. I know, I wrote down the same thing. I was like, what? It's like unstoppable means something different to you than, than it does to me. And this again, it's just one of those moments. And it sounds great when he says unbound, unstoppable. You're like, it sounds great. It's like the, the writers were like, people aren't really listening to what they're saying. They're just excited about the mood. Yeah. So you yeah. can say whatever you want. As long as you sound intense. They're not even thinking about it. The writers are just that stupid. Like, I mean, no offense, Peter Atkins, but like, this is just dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb writing. But it sounds great. And it's cool in sound bites. And it's cool in trailers. Like, that's what it is. Like, you cut it up and it's great. But put it in context. It's like, no, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. So he tells her Pinhead wants to destroy the box because it's the only thing that can send him back. And he tells her to use the box to bring him through the window to Spencer's Dominion. Because where he has all the power. He can't take the box, which is a new rule for sure as well, much like a vampire. Can't come into your house. The box has to be given to him, which does retroactively explain a whole bunch of stuff in the previous films. Because I don't think Pinhead ever, like, the only time we've seen picking up a box is the very first scene of the first film, where he picks it up off of the floor after Frank has been taken to hell. Right. And then he picks the box up off of the floor. And sort of solves it himself yeah, he and puts then it sends back himself so that back they can to go hell. Back. Yeah. So yeah, he's never like taken it off somebody before. Right. So he's at, and he says, be careful because he can be very persuasive and very inventive. And he's also really handsome. <laughs> Plus, you know, he's a great kisser. You know, we should probably we should probably run through some like trials here yeah, to make sure scenarios. you're ready for this. You know, to make see sure if you're ready. Can, if you can resist this kiss, let's uh, practice kissing first and we'll go from there. Just imagine it's him, but it's me. Just like imagine the pins like sticking out of my face, but it's the same person. Okay, go. <laughs> Meanwhile, at JP's club, we see his art is starting to come to life. Baby doll, the mannequin art. And then there's a huge explosion and Pinhead standing in the middle of a club. A scene that even in my first night watching these three films, like, well, I never thought I'd see Pinhead. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's like, I'm in a club called the Boiler Room. It's about to get hot. It's about to get lit. <laughs> and this is one of the two places where the money really went in this film. He uses chains to kill everyone. He uses ghost icicle CGI things where his like the ice yeah. in a glass of drink raises up out of it, floats, turns into Pinhead's face, then turns back into a shard of glass and goes through a girl's mouth. Yep. How do you even write that down? <laughs> like, that's complicated. Shuts all the doors. He shoves CDs into the DJ's face. And he's just cackling away the whole time like yeah. a proper villain now. Chains are coming out of pool table pockets. Like, and we get a cliched shot of the closed door from outside with screams coming in and blood just seeping out. Right. And, like, there's a lot of people, like, there are lots of people who, like, lots of people hate this movie. A lot of people love this movie and this is their favorite, which you can understand because it's very, you know, different vibe. Yeah. Uh, this, this is the scene, scene that they love <laughs> because it's just like, it's the Freddy Krueger scene. It's the Freddy Krueger yeah. at the pool party in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, just going out and killing all the teens. I seriously thought he was going to, like, rally his people. Like, I thought he was going to come out and people were going to think that he was, like, the main act right. of this thing. And it was going to be... <laughs> 
I know I, I know that I watched Hocus Pocus recently and you were like sort of watching it, but there's a scene where they end up at this dance yeah. and they sing this song and it like enchants everyone. And so everyone has to dance and they literally are like, dance till you die. And I thought that this was what was going to happen. I thought he was going to like be like, oh, people like dig me here in this realm. And then, but like be fucked up about it at the yeah. same time enjoy the fleshes of yeah. one another yeah and, then they and just it's get crazy. he just like launches into and just, just destroying everyone yeah. Yeah. yeah he was there's just no, like there's no sexuality here no. it was just like it was very unsexy yeah, yeah. Almost yeah. Like, you can't joke off to the scene this is not <laughs> i mean maybe you could i mean i guess <laughs> that's your thing <laughs> joey though wakes up on the sofa to the news and the tv about what's happening at the club so she rings up duck who answers the phone with speak. speak. <laughs> Doc changed his channel on his TV set, but Reaches he can't for a see. cigarette first, though. Oh, he does, yeah. First thing he does. Everybody smokes in this film. Everybody smokes. And then the one time they challenge it, they're like, why not? They're like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you have to live for? Or yeah. why do you want to live You're forever? you die anyway. Might as well smoke. Really weird. There's also a really, uh, what's that? There's some, the, uh, the sponsorship in here, where she pulls out the no, no, that was something else. We were watching last night, wasn't it? That wasn't it. Oh, wasn't yeah. It? My bad. Sorry. That was a really bad sponsorship in a film watching last night, which shocked me. Yeah. So Doc can't see any of this news about the club on TV, but Joey saw it. And then she rushed it out of the room and we pan back and guess what? TV is unplugged. Nothing in her apartment is plugged in. Yeah. She's got free not electricity in. and free cable. She's, she's stealing I always want to know in these movies when they do that, why would it be unplugged to begin with? Why do you put your TV in and unplug it? I think... He unplugged it. But, but why, why couldn't it, it just be a fake news story on yeah. your TV? Because. Why does that have to be unplugged? Well, why can't it even be a real news story? It's like. Yeah. It's Maybe all the reporters are as bad as she because is. Because it would be very expensive their job. to hire all those people to be there on the, on the arrival of the scene. Everything hey, about we're that? about to get graphic <laughs> scene. Yeah. So she takes the box. She drives to the boiler room. Doc's car's already there. So she heads in the sneaky back way to the club. While Justin's going, no, don't go in there. That looks uh, yeah, okay. So she steps in. Let me just take over right here. So she steps in, and what does she see? Chains, blood, people murdered and dead. She goes, oh, you know what? I'm a journalist first, a human being second. If I would have saw that, I would immediately have called an ambulance, the police officers, fire department, and be like, you know what? This is just gonna have to wait. I'm just gonna have to wait, or just slowly venture in. Find a find a phone, call it in. Nah. She's the hero, Justin. She's gonna take care of business by herself. She doesn't need no. She's nobody. gonna walk in there with her little box. Does I've got this box that's gonna <laughs> save the world. <laughs> See what? There's an impressive amount of dead extras. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot really of people lying down. down they had a good amount of like real people strewn in with like fake proppy yep. things. It was good. And this is about a point where I remembered, hey, where's Terry? Which we do get answered. Right. But I was like, wait a second. Yeah. And the stage lights turn on because apparently <laughs> Pinhead has, you know, a show a gaffer to like start shining lights on things. And a door opens to a room of many, many, many candles, which seem to follow him around. He's not in hell. Now, to be clear, the door has not been opened to hell. Hell's dominion is not turning up here. He's like, just not hell on earth. But one, so one of his powers is not only to do chains and ice things, it's to manifest candles and light them all, because there's a lot of candles to light. I feel like if you're a big enough villain that you get to choose your mood lighting and like 
Pinhead's just like, I'm I'm really into candles. Wow. Old school. Yeah, yeah so he's they're vintage. scented candles. I mean, the body starts to smell, so I got these like lavender. They're scented, yeah. yeah he like you know, chooses the scent as he goes. It's like sometimes, you know, I'm feeling a little bit like vanilla, lavender, yeah. maybe Ooh, cocoa nice. butter. Yeah. You know, feeling tropical. Yeah. So he finds, uh, finds Doc with his head cut off, holding it in his hands, and in place where his head should be, there's a camera that's kind of zooming in and out a little bit. He's like in the mid-stage then. He's not a centibite yet. No. I've forgotten the word for it. I did have to look it up. Uh, it's a chimera. These are not actually centibites that we're going to see. Oh, they're, they're this little midway thing, but we'll get to that in a second. Pinhead then appears, and we get more da, 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 da. It's like the Batman music. <laughs> He's like, Pinhead's back! And everyone <laughs> in cinemas men be going, yeah, we missed him so. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice, uh, not to backtrack, but I just remembered when he's murdering people in this club there is one girl that you see who's got her throat flayed like yeah. the woman Cenobite in the second one yeah i know which that. was not terry no, no. which yeah. we'll then see yeah in a minute that terry is a similar state yeah it was weird yeah so we get some more cool lines from him and he does one of my favorite ones which is there is a secret soul in the i think it's a soul i find it a bit hard to hear there's a secret soul in the center of the world and its sound is like razors through flesh. Which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Doug Bradley, doing much better here. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, he says, like, I'll enjoy making you bleed and I'll enjoy making you enjoy it. Now they can like, these are great lines. Yeah. Deliciously fun. I wonder how like, many over the top. I wonder how many people that are into like, you know, BDSM use that line. <laughs> enjoy giving you I'll enjoy, I'll enjoy making you bleed. I'll enjoy making you enjoy. I don't enjoy. I'll enjoy making you enjoy. I don't. Enjoy. I don't think I'm gonna enjoy. Uh, you will enjoy the pain, and I will enjoy giving it to you, and you will enjoy receiving it, and we shall enjoy this together. The Fifty Shades guy just like continuously watches Pinhead movies. Yes, I wish I could make this movie. <laughs> So Joey's running away. She's out on the streets, and this is where the money went, isn't it? So yep. she's got she's in like a big film set. She's got electricity cords, which she slaps. Yeah. Well, she comes running around <laughs> the corner, and shit's already exploding. These two dudes are just minding their own business, having like a really nice time. Yeah, yeah they're just walking, and chatting. They're just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like these explosions going off, and they're kind of walking faster. They're like, "What the fuck?" And then this car is coming down the road <laughs> on fire, and she's running. So they're like, "Oh shit, we gotta get out of here." Probably not in New York, man, dude. Like, I found this guy. I wonder what they're thinking. They're just like, "Holy shit!" Oh, man, not again, not again. I mean, literally, one of the last times I was in New York, I, I just walked down the street and there was a car on fire, just in the middle, of, just like burning right up, and no one anywhere near it. Nah. New York's a crazy city. Uh, to me. I barely saw anybody when I was in New York. It's October and it was cold and rainy. There was barely anyone out. It was really nice. I was like, I like New York. It's so spacious. Yeah, she's she's like, 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 cut electricity cords. There's a fire hydrant that explodes in front of her, and then she gets she starts running away from electric, electric water. water. So she's she like, well, okay. But she gets away from by just jumping up on the curb. Yep. And then she gets hooked in the boobs by a gutter. Yeah. But she's holding her stomach going, ow! Yeah. <laughs> And then the street just starts blowing up around her. Now, I have to say, it looks cool in that there's spectacle in a Hellraiser movie. There hasn't been spectacle in a Hellraiser movie. I never thought we'd see clubs. I never thought we'd see a street with explosions going off. It's also completely stupid. Yeah. Like, it makes no so sense. There's really no reason. Yeah. 
But these are the trailer shots. You know, these are the shots yeah. that are in trailer, make it look like, oh, wow, hell on earth. He's going to come down, kill everyone. It's basically what they promised us three with Jason goes to Manhattan and instead you spend the entire fucking movie on a boat and then eventually he, he turns up in Manhattan for 10 minutes <laughs> at the end of the movie. punches the dude's head off. <laughs> exactly. The only, the first the difference head punch. is here, you promised he's going to do shit on earth and you get that trailer. He spends the entire movie in a fucking statue, but then we get 10 minutes of him blowing up the street at the end. <laughs> You can find me in the club. You can find me on the street. Yeah. <laughs> Come give me a hug. But then she gets tired and sleepy and she can't run anymore for some reason. <laughs> she just suddenly goes, oh. She just stops just, by the TV place. I am, I am just so knackered. I love you through a folder yesterday. You know you had to run a whole lot. I don't even know what we are. So we just take a little, little together. Two like, single ladies. <laughs> a little rest next to a TV. And then we see, the, sorry, next to a TV shop. And then all the TVs turn on and we see herself in it as if a camera's filming her. She turns around. Who is it? It's Doc. He is now Cenobite Doc. Although, like I said, technically not Cenobites. And Pinnock sort of says this. He said, like, he kind of made them himself handmade. Right. So they're not through Leviathan. They're not real Cenobite. There is a word for this in the, in the mythos. <laughs> He's like, I made this. Look, yeah, at, exactly. look at me. Look what I cool? can make. I put duct tape, but, you know. Yeah. yeah, he's good. Doc's got a mechanical eye. Great shots. I man, I hate this shit. Like this is the stuff I remembered as a kid. Just kind of like, oh, I hate these centipedes. Like, like, I hate. They're real bad. Yeah, they're really really bad. It's like, oh, he's a cameraman. So he's got a camera eyeball. And this was the first time I think these effects were designed by someone different, who was bringing yeah, like a new. Yeah, sort they of- literally. This was just so dumb. Your cameraman, so he'll have like a camera. Yeah, and the DJ, since he was like spinning CDs. records, but you know we're all about CDs now because it's ninety. He will be a Walkman. Like, like they did make this movie earlier. He'd be throwing eight tracks at people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you do now? He's got like MP3 players and he's just like throwing digital. Just things. no vinyl still. So, yeah. <laughs> giant as vinyl. Well, it's like they choose one of the Cenobites in every one of these films to be the punster. And yeah. Jack is the punster in this one because he's always like, time for your close up. Oh, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. I hate it. And then you get the bartender, which didn't make. I never noticed he, it Well, before. he has a shaker. I'm like, what is yeah. it? He's about to shake things up. Why don't you say that? Why don't you say, fire. let's shake things up. I did not get that that was the bartender. <laughs> this was, uh, I've watched this maybe 10 times. I, like, I, I haven't well, known sorry, five his times. napalm because I was like, I don't know who this person is. He was yep. making And that's why you have that one shot when she goes to get a drink from it. At the beginning, he turns around and he's literally waiting for someone to say anything to him. drink on fire. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, whenever uh, Doc zooms in on something with his eye, it blows up for some reason. Yeah. Everything blows up well, in this movie. He's got his eye on the no, prize. It's, it's and then he uses his lens eye to punch a hole in a random stranger's head. Well, he's like trying to come on to her. He's like super creepy. Hey, he's man, like, hey, baby, where are you going? It's Don't fine. run away. Like, also, what the hell, dude? You, nothing's fine. The streets are on fire. Yep. There's electricity river going down. Cool. There's Don't three worry. crazy dudes. The that just will take care of it. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it must have been super high. Yeah. Pinhead, I've written down here, Pinhead has got back his dignity. The rest do not. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Way downhill. So we get, yeah, CD, CD DJ man. We get a bartender. We get Doc. And then the cops show up at last. And they're just like out there and it's like you get this kind of Western shot almost of the three Cenobites walking towards them in silhouette. And then one of them spews gasoline all over them and they just go, shit, gasoline, and then do nothing about it. 
Joey's like, oh, maybe you should run away from that. He <laughs> runs away. I've written yeah. down that this couldn't possibly be America because the cops actually ask questions before they shoot before people. She, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Joey gets away. The rest of them will blow up in a huge finale. And then we end on Doc's face saying, are you ready for your close-up? I'm sorry, saying that's a wrap. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's really the end of the, the money being spent. Yeah. Yeah. Because the next shot is just we the bell of nowhere. Right now. Well, here as we get. So then Joey runs from there into a church. I like now, this, this is part. a scene that cost, caused a lot of controversy at the time. There had a lot of people trying to stop them from doing this scene. And it was very hard to find a church that allowed a shoot in it. This was not a soundstage. Yeah. This, was, this was a real church that he shot in. And the crew had a real problem with it. The crew, a lot of the crew didn't want to shoot a lot of the stuff that it was shooting um, in this scene. Doug Bradley didn't have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> He's a British boy. Yep. So she goes into this church. There, an Irish priest comes over to her and he says, like, Demons aren't real. They're parables, metaphors. And then she turns around and says, them, What the fuck is that? We get the big music and Pinhead's back. That's another moment. I'm so glad he's here. Every time he comes back, it really is. It's just like, dun, 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 dun. And it, hey, I'll tell you what, as a 17 year old boy, worked for me. Every time he's back, it's like, Yeah. Well, maybe that's another one of his prerequisites. He's like, listen, I get mood lighting. I want big music. Big music. I want entrance music every yep. time. Uh, so then Pinhead walks through the church. It blows up all the windows. I like him in this scene a lot. He melts the cross in the priest's hand that he puts out. Yeah. And then he walks over to the plinth. What do you call them? Where they, An altar. An altar. There you go. Thank you. Um, and then he... he performs stigmata on himself he does quite a long protracted scene where he pulls out his own needles or pins when yeah. you them, from his head and there's each like of worms, worms on which i didn't them. used to like that yeah. as a kid. i was like why are you have worms pulls them out of his hair but he affects the call and then he pushes them into each of his hands does like the jesus pose candles blow up in flame and then he says i am the way and all of the windows explode and then just starts laughing yeah because he's a maniac and then my personal favorite bit, and I think definitely the bit that caused the most problems, he then gets the priest and takes his own flayed flesh from his chest and starts feeding it to the priest, yeah, saying, this is my, my body. body. I was like, wow, you're trying to be Jesus now? Yeah. Well, he's, he's imitating the mass. So that's the, that's the most important part of the mass is the consecration. And so that's like the most sacrilegious thing you could possibly do, basically. So again, we're talking about before. I don't know. I have no idea what Clive Barker shot here. This, to me, feels like the most Clive Barker bit in yeah. terms of like it's something that I could feel Clive Barker doing in terms of this is perverse and this is. But I could be given credit where credit isn't due. I don't know. Meanwhile, Joey's playing around with the box, <laughs> which gets Pinhead's attention. And then she runs away again as he throws the priest to the floor and goes after because he's all annoyed. And she gets to a building site. And weirdly, we have some silence. There's like no noise here while she's running and jumping, which is strange. Like they forgot to put the foley on it. <laughs> but she runs into Terry, who has now become basically the female Cenobite like, with mm. like the smoking. Yeah, yeah. And she just has a cigarette She in just there. bypasses her mouth and nostril just straight to the throat. Yeah. I mean, she's all right, I guess, but then JP comes out and annoys a crap out of me, and he's got the drawers going his head. Hey, it's a lot better than it is, baby. Whoa. I just felt almost bad for him, because it's like, you can tell, like, as an actor, like, he couldn't even get his head upright, because it yeah. just looked like it. He's all hunched. It's, and it's moving at the same time, so he his head is literally, like, he, you can see he's trying to stabilize, and he really can't, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, he just looks so uncomfortable that I almost felt bad for that actor, because I was like, you can't even lift your head up straight uh, yeah. with this get up. <laughs> Yeah, like he's not great, but uh, and I wouldn't say it's a centibite. I think lots of them are centibites overact like yeah. him. But 
he's he's so far in the movie. I don't like him as a character. He's ridiculously wrote and over the top, but he does a pretty good job of being a dick. Yeah. Whereas most of the other people, I'm just like, oh, it's actually painful to watch you. Where at least him is like, yeah, you're doing what you're meant to be doing, I suppose. I don't like the direction of it, but, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, as a Cenobite, he's so over the top. It's yeah. just like... But then they encircle her, and this is just stupid. You've got JP Literally just sort of letching at her. her. And then Terry doesn't know what to do, so she's just, like, stubbing a cigarette yeah. into Joey's flesh every now and then. She's going, yeah. It's just so, so dumb. dumb. And then Finn arrives again, and we don't know because he's going to go, As he presses the He's just standing there and looking down. And then he says, yeah, shadow of my former troops, over-eager handmaid. So, yeah, it does definitely hammer home. Like, he created these and ones. And then the other one show up oh. and he's like, you're more friends for you. Oh, sorry. I yeah, forgot to tell. friends. To take it back a little bit. There's a part where she runs to the cops. The way back. Yeah, no, I, I, I wrote down a quote and I forgot it. Where the lady cop who I was like, is this her stunt double? Because they kind of look very similar. Oh, really? But she, the bartender dude spits on them and then she goes... Oh shit, gasoline! I totally spaced on that because I was like reading my notes. <laughs> okay. But they didn't run away. Why? I know. I think I even said yeah. About I think I said yeah to it. 15 minutes <laughs> later, <laughs> on. Yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah. to decipher this handwriting. I'm going to give you digital for now on. You need like something. Do you have an you iPad? A Just a little something. iPad. Well, it's not my fault I was writing with my left hand. It's kind of hard. I was eating um, chicken. Chicken was in the right and was in the left. Priorities. So yeah, then, then you get like another good line from where it's like, down the dark decades of your pain, this will seem like a memory of heaven. And then they watch and just let her solve the box in front of them. Yeah basically yeah <laughs> which is the problem with all these films where you're like well what's gonna happen we know the only way that you can send them back is to solve the box yeah. again which seems to do itself anyway so you just have to grab the box and touch it and then off they go which happens all the center bites are taken away pinhide two pinhead two uh slightly better effects than the other ones when they're taken away i guess like it's you know they're literal like wah, 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 sounds oh, yeah, yeah. when she's yeah. like running her it's, hand around the circle her thumb or whatever like around the they had uh, yeah a clean well, dish a yeah. and they're just rubbing their finger on it that's literally yeah, just a yeah, window washing sound effects oh, squeegees here. get the squeegees <laughs> and then we're thinking is that it and then she's thinking is that it yeah, like, but I didn't bring them through the window Elliot I didn't bring them through the window she's like did I do it I established Chekhov's window we have to use it yeah and that's a wrap and then suddenly she's in a field in Vietnam and she picks up the box and she sees her father and she says, I don't understand. Oh, no, he says, I don't understand. I was somewhere else and I was somewhere shiny, <laughs> which is meant to be heaven, obviously. And I like, guess. Oh, God. But when you know it's actually Pinhead who's saying these lines, you're like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed <laughs> well, to be Well, he's just clear. trying to speak simply to her because he's like, shiny. well, what some stupid girl, stupid dad say? <laughs> yeah. I was somewhere shiny. So we get a shot of her dad's face looking sinister over her shoulder as she hugs him. It's like, why not just play this straight? Why not just let us only for a few more seconds? Why not just let uh, us be played like she's played? Instead, they tell us, no, this is Pinhead. So she gives him the box and he holds it down like Pinhead in that kind of cool way that he does. Well, she does as well when she's running. Did you notice that? She sometimes she does. Um, and then she says something that confuses the shit out of me. She realizes suddenly that, hang on, this isn't my dad. Because she says, wait, how did you know my name? <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. What? What? Yeah. Like, even if 
we're meant to pretend he died away when she was a kid and wasn't there for her birth or something, which is not the impression I get from this. But even if that was true, like, he'll still know her name. Yeah. yeah. And you really dream anyway. Unless, so it's like, unless it's like, you know, her mom was this one night stand type of thing and then she told her daughter yeah, all but those that's stories. A farce, right? Yeah, yeah, but then you're in a dream anyway. Yeah. Like, all this stuff is happening. Him coming to you in a dream is weirder than him coming to a dream and then knowing your name. It's fucking weird. It was really ridiculous. I was like, how would he not know your name? Uh, of course, she's right. It is not her dad. It is Pinhead. He transforms. He's all giggly because he's got the box. And she says, you bastard. You invaded my mind. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, no shit. Basic it's 101. So <laughs> terrible. You my, didn't make it that hard. It's like psychological warfare. You should know this. <laughs> this is what the entire Vietnam War is going yeah. through right now. <laughs> It is, and then he does more great lines. It's like, your mind is so naked, a book that begs to be read, a door that yearns to be opened. That sounds like out of Fifty Shades of Grey. And then she's like, door, a door. Door. Oh, my window. I know another door. My window. My (laughs) window. Uh, she, yeah, she made but a she doesn't that. use a window. She instead <laughs> just uses her mind to warp him from Vietnam to World War One. And but I that's think, when you're, she's like, "Oh, I can use my mind as a portal." Well, it's also no. I think because we established earlier with stupid expositional dialogue that makes no sense that when you dream of one war, you dream of all wars. So she realized, "Oh, Pinhead brought me to Vietnam." So, because I'm in Vietnam, I can now take him to World War One, where I know Spencey Boy is waiting. Mr. Elliot. So, Spencey Boy faces down with Tinhead. They should have kissed. Elliot says says to him, now we're going to hell, to which Pinhead says, ladies first. And you're just like, oh, is this what the first films come to? Yeah. I don't think the first film's a masterpiece, but really... This is where we come. Yep, yep, yep. So then so she gets all SNN'd up, basically. Yeah. He's like, you're going to like this. Gags and blinds and things around her boobs. And, and we get lots of close-ups of eyes suddenly. Mm-hmm. As like a, I think there's going to be a noise under the floorboards. But they're all like looking down. Yeah. It's really weird. Well, because like these like steampunk torture things like all of a sudden erupt from the floorboards. Do not like this. It's like a weird penis monster and yeah. literal <laughs> semen dripping out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, is he going to impregnate her? What the hell are we doing here? It is. Fucked it was up. really. Yeah. I didn't know what was happening. Probably, Probably a Clive Barker. Barker. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. going to get really dark and like something was basically going to rape her. Yeah. Know, out of that's, the floor. I was like, like Whoa. evil dead style of trees. And, yeah. What happened? Yeah, I was like, yeah. she's gonna get pregnant, and now this is gonna pop the Cenobite lore. Yeah, she should have gotten preggers. That would have been good. Yeah, Whoa, that would have been a baby. Yeah. That would have been. Or it's be like painful. it happens, and then she wakes up, and like, oh, and yeah, then she's pregnant. Oh, and then she feels weird. She like blacks out. She wakes up in the hospital, and go, oh, by the way, you're pregnant. Yeah, your baby's doing great. What? She's like, what happened? You're okay. You're right. And your baby's okay. Because we have more stuff from we've strayed away from it, which I've been grateful for, but we go back to Hellraiser 2 with biomechanical shit. So yeah, you have this weird penis thing, tentacle, mm-hmm. and then it's got like mechanical things in it. Right. It's like I don't like it. It doesn't work for me with my idea of what the Cenobites originally were and no. what Hell originally was. It's too just limited in its nineties heavy metal sort of <laughs> version of Hellraiser. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I like this shit, but anyway. Spencer holds Pinhead's hand and he drops the blood box. And Joey's freed the second the box hits the floor, and then they start fighting, and their faces begin to meld in the mixture of prosthetics, yeah. and then weird CGI, CG. blurring, yeah. distorted, yeah. bubble, uh, fisheye, close-up. Yeah. Very strange. I like the prosthetics, but um, yeah, not the CGI so much. Yep, yeah, and then Pinhead seems to consume Spencey Boy. 
And then we get another reveal for Pinhead, our last one, as the music goes, da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> Spence is dead! Yeah! yeah. Evil wins! <laughs> We're winning, guys! Bella is still in there, and his head keeps changing, and he asks her to send him to hell, so she messes with the box a bit, because, you know, that's what happens. This is where we get those window pane noises, which mm. is like there, and it's screech, screech, screech. And then a blade comes out of it, which hasn't happened before, and then she manages to convert it into the, the Leviathan, Leviathan shape. No, 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 from that's not part a blade, two. it's the top part of the Leviathan. Yeah, but, but it looks like, it looks it like a blade. But it's like, like it's a sharp blade. Well, it hurts she stabs her because she goes because <gasps> it like pokes out. Yeah, she literally scared. makes her bleed. And then she stabs him with it. Pinhole just dissolves into the box. No. Yeah, kind of makes sense, I suppose. Yeah. And then she's back in the building ground, and she gets up and doesn't know what to do with the box. So what do you do? Put it in the That's wet sand. Yeah. Which also what's like that means someone literally just came by that day in the middle of the night middle of the night it takes like days to dry no 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 no. that was really it does not take days it does it does that's why when you want to you see people's footprints and stuff no no that was like you don't see people stuck in cement like yeah it's not wet like that it really is like when you get like mass amounts of cement somebody must have laid it not too long ago it would have been that day yeah yeah literally like an overnight to like no no it takes hours and hours and hours when you do like mass amounts of we don't need to get into this but it really is when you do mass amounts of wet cement and i started a day before there was any cement there and when it came back it was still wet where i could like carve my name to it but it wasn't wet like that you could put your whole hand in it it would be a few hours after you mass wet cement on a building site it takes the top part would have been okay it happens stay tuned for we're going to experiment we're going to bury our own no but i just literally like i've been there when it's it's been like that you have people on an industrial site and they'll put down cement in the day you can go there at night time and it's all like that it's all wet it takes like a swimming pool let it go i don't know what else to tell you it's just it's a fact it happens so she does it but anyway she puts the box in there and then walks away and then we cut to X amount of years later, we don't know, but a building is made and erected. This totally reminded me of a scene from like Jumanji. Like I wanted it to be like, don't, 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 don't. But they have to like dig it out every time. And I was waiting for them to be like, what's that noise? Like buried in the floor. <laughs> and yeah, then we pan from people in rotating doors and music swells. We see the hallway and then we see the lament configuration design is strewn all through the building and huge templates everywhere. Don't know really what that means. I don't, I don't understand this. And then credits roll to an awesome song from Motorhead that goes, Hellraiser! Hellraiser! You are left feeling very different, right? And if you might be confused and that song comes in, like, I'm both now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do the movie. Yeah. Oh, the movie just happened. Yeah. Oh, boy. That was it. That was Hellraiser. Hell that, on uh, Earth. Hold on, guys. Yeah. Lowest rated on the IMDb of the three films we've watched so far. It got a 5.5. But I want to know what your feelings are. Because I think Katie's holding a weird little hand over there. So let's go to you second, Justin. <laughs> what? Macaroni. How are you feeling about Hellraiser 3? What rating would you roughly give it? And what are you hoping for with Hellraiser 4 next week? Man. <laughs> we broke you. Yeah. Wait. It, I... There's some cool parts in it. I don't even know. My my mind is still just scrambled from from this. I would rate it a four. Okay, that's the same as two, very much for you. Oh, no, you get two or five, five, didn't you? No, no, I I gave the first one four point five. No, no, the first one was a seven. seven. Okay, the second one was a five or four point five. 
And yeah. this one's a four. And this one's a four. This, this, is, least favorite so this is my least favorite so far. Okay. It's just kind of, there was cool. It's like the, the pillar looked really dope. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Pinhead was a lot stronger in this. I liked his like presence, but then it just faltered near the end. Yeah, I'm trying to like find other redeeming qualities about other people, and it's really hard. <laughs> you got Hulk um, Hogan in it. He's great. Yeah, Hulk Hogan's in it. Just to be clear, people Hulk, Hulk Hogan, Hogan is not in this. Yeah. <laughs> just they, they couldn't afford him, so they hired this other guy. Kurt Russell yeah. and Hulk Hogan do not make appearances in Hellraiser. Yeah. Oh, this would be so yeah. good if they did. Oh man, it would have been. Nuts. I mean, there's definitely the new Frank. Uh, he's alright. He just, you know, he's okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm like I don't want to just make it so bad there's yeah it's bad though but (laughs) there's some ADR in there that was like wow this is not synced up actually well with their lips yeah I don't know if that was the Blu-ray or if it was our projector it It kept slipping it might have been our projector so I don't know I don't even know some of these notes five seconds for browsing I don't know what that means (laughs) you write for the you really do I would recommend Ro- writing it capital letters. Roses on ice. That one's my favorite part That's of that entire funny. thing. That's the what this should have been called. Hellraiser 3, Rose- colon, roses on ice. Well, it should go where you wanted it to, what, where you wanted it to go. I mean, How can it, it, it was different. It was cool. It didn't have the main girl again, but... <laughs> Yeah, I like her character had a little bit more drive, like a focused drive. Yeah, you know, the character. So it, it was not too bad. Just I wish it was a better actress. Panhead was awesome, but he was like super evil. I don't know. I want that. I want that nice middle ground where it's he's kind of a good guy, but he's not. And then she's just the main girl's caught up in this weird shit. You know, like dealing with his issues. I right. kind of want. Kind of want that weird middle ground but ultimately I want it to take place in space <laughs> all that space <laughs> oh my god this Hell is gonna be such space. a shit show if it's in space <laughs> that's all you want yeah, you it, got it with Jason I it took you 10 films to get it with Jason I hope it goes with, or you know what I hope it goes but then the chains wouldn't outside. be able to latch into people because yeah. of anti-gravity <laughs> I want it to go outside yeah that's true <laughs> outside of outside of a city oh, like right. maybe yeah. okay Somewhere, a different location. Maybe even a war. Take place during war. That'd be kind of cool. We just did war. No, no, just like Not during really. a whole entire war. Like, yeah, but like. It would be sick to just have, you know, Elliot Spencer's story of him becoming mm-hmm. kind of a Cenobite. So you want even more origin. Yeah, I would like that. I would oh. like to see that. Okay. okay. All right. But a four. A solid four. <laughs> solid four. I mean, three point five would be more accurate, but we're gonna go with four. Okay. I'm generous. Yeah, we leave some ground underneath there for the future films that we can't watch. <laughs> Katie Watson, Hellraiser three. You were not looking forward to this. You were looking pretty. I was so scared. nervous for this film, but I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking you. America. I thought it was gonna be so bad, and I was like. I don't know. Like, at least it made sense. It had cohesive story. I didn't think the lead was as bad as as you hated her. Like, I just thought she was another Kirstie. I was like, whatever. They don't give girls anything to do in those films anyway. I mean, obviously, there were faults with it, but <laughs> they're... Like, I thought the effects were cool. I think it went more down the road of what I like to see with this, which is like, yeah, it's not meant to be a nice, pretty horror film. Like, it's meant to be pretty grisly and 
like torturous. Pinhead was way more assertive, which is what I wanted from him. He was more demonic and evil. I know that my mom doesn't listen to this, so I can be like, I thought the church scene was cool because it really was, I mean, like spitting in the face of all the things that I thought would be quote unquote realistic for someone like Pinhead to be doing. Like he is the antichrist, like in case in point. And I, I like... It was a weird ride, but it was one that I was like, yeah, okay. Like, it makes sense for me knowing what I was getting into. This feels obvious. Like, you're going to hit a point like this. And I liked it so much more than the second one. The second Mm. one was, like, just went in stupid rounds of things, and it didn't make sense half of it. And the choices they made with it, you could tell they were, like, the budget cuts got to them and here they just use their money in really smart ways. I thought, yeah, there was like the stupid scene of her running down the street amidst explosions, but it wasn't so bad that I was like, this is unbearable. It was just it was fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say this one was just more fun for me. How than would you feel the though, second if, one? If you, cause like as someone, the only one of us who's read the entirety of the original book, how would you feel if you'd come off that and this was the first one that you saw? <laughs> Oh, yeah. It would be like this. I don't understand how I got here from that book. Right. Because it definitely doesn't have the poetry that Clive Barker has as a writer that the first one I thought did still. I thought there was still some gravitas to the first one. And this one does not have that. But at least this one knows what it is and what it's trying to accomplish. And I think in some times it does that. And then at other times it falls short, but not as badly as in the second one for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'd give this one a 5.5. 5. Whoa. Which I gave the second one a 4. So. Whoa. And what do you open for in the next... But yeah, I, I agree with Justin that I, I, don't, I don't want the cityscape anymore. I'm kind of tired of this story. I don't know that I want more origin story on Pinhead. I kind of just want it to, I want fresh characters. Like, I just feel like we keep any, and I feel like obviously you're going to keep ending up with your final girl, but I just want something more from that character. I want someone maybe smarter who is more of an opponent who doesn't really need everyone to help her out. Like I want someone who like is, you know, more ready for someone as indomitable as Pinhead can be. So, or maybe even someone who's like into this, you know, who's like a woman who, yeah, she's smart, but also she's kind of like into this scene. So she's, (laughs) cause all we've had so far is she's like, she's like sleazy dudes. Like the reason that the box gets open is because some guy is, can't get sex out of his head or is like so obsessed with the human form or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, it's not fair for that to be so sexist. Like it'd be cool if you got to see another side of that. I think so much of it comes down to intent. That's the thing. I think you mentioned there, the poetry of the book was coming across a bit in that first film. And obviously here they're in a completely different universe from that. They're not trying to do any of that. And I think that is the thing, isn't it? You have to judge this stuff on intent because when I look at the first one, the intent is there is to recreate the book and it succeeds and fails depending on Adam read all of the book on in the first chapter. So, And the second one for me, this is the thing is like, I still feel there's an intent for greatness there. Like it wants to do something that means something. It wants to do something that has gravity and it falls over a lot of the time, but its intent is to do something more sophisticated than this movie for sure. And to deal with bigger things. 
the this movie this movie's intent is to make money like, like, this movie's yeah. intent is to be a popcorn early 90s like horror the film action horror exactly based on what they're hoping to create is like an icon well, is becoming an icon and they want him to be an, a slasher icon really and this is the closest so far for sure that he's become to a slasher icon he's literally slaying a club full of teens like it's very freddy krueger and i think depending on you're looking at it that's a big problem when i look at that from the stuff that i liked about the first hellraiser all right this is doing nothing i like about the first hellraiser other than giving pinhead some cool lines but what was kind of cool was how subdued he was in the first one he just sort of turned up every now and then now he's obviously you know he is the king of the party here so it's very hard to judge you know it's like is it succeeding what i was trying to do or is it succeeding what i want it to try and do so if i can look at it in that way i have to say i understand your perspective with it in that this is arguably doing its job better than the second one and succeeding in what it's trying to do. Whether you're interested in what it's trying to do is a whole different matter. And I kind of hate myself for it, but this one is always, you know, one of the more fun ones to watch because there is some money in it, because everyone is so stupid in it, because there's lots of like, it moves pretty quickly. There's, you know, like violence and nudity and weird stuff happening. And it's like, it's, you know, it's just a stupid horror film, right? And it's done all right. Does it bastardize, yeah, the, the series and the law? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And it's hard to reset after this. Like, how do you get back on track? I do think, like you said, yeah, the Pillar of Souls looks awesome. I think Pinhead has great stuff in this. Again, it's taking him away from the dignity that he should really have and the reserve of making him really chilling. Instead, he's becoming an icon. But I kind of like that, you know. It's like Jason in 2 has more dignity than Jason 6 and 7, but... But there's a lot of fun when Kane Hodder started playing Jason and yeah. he's just a dude, you know. And Pinhead's becoming a fucking, like, icon. And it's fun. Yeah, I think the lead actress is, I think she's astronomically worse than Ashley Lawrence to a degree that is quite gobsmacking. And I can't really imagine just how much more I'd enjoy this film if it had a lead that I was actually enjoying. Uh, the Cenobites, I think, are terrible as well, or whatever you want to call them. But, yeah, it's a fine ride. I would probably give it oh it's really hard i'd probably give it roughly equal at the moment i really have to think about it when i get to wrap up but equal with the second film because they're doing very different things but yeah i don't know i don't know it's it's a, it's a weird one to judge i hate it but i'm also like i would rewatch that one yeah more <laughs> because it's so stupid <laughs> I, I just feel like each film is kind of its own thing. Yeah. Like they're just like, oh, let's uh, put some ingredients in this box, shake it, and here's a movie. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, well, I, I'm going to mention a little bit about next week in a minute. But first of all, if you're listening to this, please do head on over to weirdgeeks.com. Wearegeeks.com. That is where you can then uh, patch out to all of our podcasts. You can listen to all of our old horror channels from Friday 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Child's Play. We did Danny Boyle with an honor. So it's just called Geeks, where we talk about topical games and movie stuff. Just go to weirdgeeks.com, then you can get to a podcast or type it in there wherever you want to. And you can subscribe. If you honest to god if you're listening to this we do it all for free it takes a lot of money a lot of time and effort if you can subscribe it really 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 helps us out if you can leave ratings helps us out even more because not many people it's such a tiny yeah, percentage leave it. ratings be a nice person or, you have to feed justin you know. it's not cheap it's yeah. not cheap I mean, <laughs> the biggest now we know like we were looking at like we have nice people there's a nice group of people listening to us so we really, really do appreciate it. it thanks nice people but if you can just take that 30 seconds it'll take you to go onto our itunes and just rate us 
really, really helps us out. Yeah, like a like a five star. Any interactions good. You can also go over to our Twitch channel where you can subscribe to Future Proof Yourself for some very cool content that's coming in 2018 from us very, very soon. And for weirdgeeks.com, you can email us directly or you can just type in mail at weirdgeeks.com, mail at weirdgeeks.com to tell us whatever you want. Um, all of our social medias are through that site and you can click on the little black label that says we are Tessellate they're a publisher a production company run out of London LA and Tokyo who make feature films music and all that fun stuff and we just made our first feature film uh, which I wrote and directed and it's called Starfish and we talk about that on our personal social medias and other on the we are Tessellate website which is about to get revamped again actually my personal social media is Mr. Al White on Twitter on Instagram on Xbox Mr. Al White Justin I like uh, that little tongue twister. First feature film. First feature film. First feature film. First feature film. I T S R A D L E Y. It's Radley. Find me. Play games. And say hi. That's, that's a good. That's a good rule of life. And Katie Watson. I usually do my Twitter handle, but no one talks to me on Twitter, so I think I'm going to do my gamer handle because. Yeah, that's what you do with your stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, but it's just all food, and I don't really feel like people. Everybody likes cares. food. If you're yeah. listening to this, I guarantee you like food. All right. Well, if you like old cars, food, and cute dogs, and dogs, then you can look at my dearest Watson is my Instagram. There you go. So you can come follow me on that. And they should good content. We will be back next Friday with Hellraiser Bloodline, oh. which is the fourth oh. and the final oh. of the cinematic. Oh boy. Hellraiser films. Even though I would say it feels like it went straight to DVD, if I'm being honest. Excellent. Um, Oh, I'm so excited. Will we be here? Who knows? (laughs) I feel like I need like comfort food during the I'm going to tell you guys from the request that you've had, you're going to get a few things. Uh, You asked for it to be out of the city. You're going to get get some of that. Yay! (laughs) Not necessarily to be a final girl in the way that we've had before, and you're definitely going to get that. Woo! And Justin, my friend, we're going to space. Oh! See you next Friday. We're out. This is the best geeks ever. Stay tuned.